slamming your brain through a table of wrestling knowledge. Announce table. Spanish announce table on the Trending Topics Network. We're at episode. This is 14 now. Yeah. Now we're getting into them. Yeah, know? we're getting kind of old. Yeah. Hey, but we're picking up downloads. We're picking up uh, listeners. So thank you for all the new ears that are tuned into this broadcast. We appreciate you. Uh, for the new ones who are listening maybe for the first time or maybe this is their second time listening, uh, we have a running uh, favor to ask you. Uh, send in an email. And yes. then with that, uh, send a dollar. Send a dollar. Please. Please. Other no, than that, though. Not please. Just do it. Yeah, please. <laughs> uh, other than that, though, thank you for all the uh, new listeners we have. Uh, really appreciate it. We're putting in a little bit of hard work. I'm actually putting in effort. That feels weird. I typically, that is weird. It I typically, doesn't look good on you. I know. I like to just sit around and just flap my gums, you know? Yeah, and you do that... Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what I that, that that's my yeah. wheelhouse, you know. You asking me to do things and like put effort into like, you know, making a good show. Ugh. Man, I don't like to do stuff. Yeah. Two things I don't like to do. Move and uh put forth effort. You know what I never minded was I say this a lot. I don't mind helping people move. I don't mind moving your stuff. Oh, I'm going literal. I really hate moving. <laughs> yeah, if I can just sit all day, I'm great. <laughs> yeah, I really hate I really hate helping friends move, but I really hate just moving in general. No, I hate moving my own stuff. Helping you move, fine, because you're gonna buy pizza and beer and whatever, lift some stuff, makes you feel like a man. Right. Uh, my stuff, no. But yeah. you just don't even like. To, like I don't move. like moving. <laughs> yeah. I just don't like the physical want, aspect of a of yeah. move. I want my ass in a chair. Well, if we do have some new listeners, what we do here on the Spanish announce table, we start off early, we kick down some news, we run down the news, then we start talking about what happened as far as results in the wrestling world. And this week's exciting because we had a pay per view. Yep. We'll cover that. We'll see who won the pay per view picks. I really don't know. I haven't really yes. crossed them. So I this think will be I did well. I think you did well, too, and I hate you for it. Yeah. Then we'll cover Raw, and then we'll cover Impact, and we would normally cover SmackDown also, but SmackDown before right pay-per-view, before pay-per-view. They're kind of just go-home shows, yeah. so we, we're not going to uh, get into that. We do have a uh, special guest tonight, though. Yes, we though. do. We have a guest on the phone tonight. It's our first phone interview. Yeah. Uh, tell them who it is. It's Chris Goff. He is the owner of Metro Pro Wrestling. He uh, also has uh, some work with the WWE that we get into. We, we've already recorded the interview a little bit earlier today. Um, but, yeah, we uh, we talked to him about his days in WWE, get into a little bit of the McMahons, uh, get into uh, kind of just scratching the surface about running your own promotion. Mm-hmm. 
And then, of course, we do our five questions with with them, which is uh, very good. I liked his uh, match. Tune in for that. His yes. favorite match of all time was a original uh, good pick. Yeah, one we're not likely to hear again. I think. Right, and uh, and it was good to hear the backstory of why. I always like to hear why. You know, yes, the impact on why that match is your favorite, not just because hey, it was great. Of course, it's great. You know, we could all name a great match, but why personally is this your favorite match? And he really gets into that. So. Uh, it's a good interview. I think it goes, what, 35 minutes, something like uh, that? Well, one segment goes 30 minutes, and then the next is probably 10, 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we, we got, got him a good for nearly chunk. an hour. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, uh, stay tuned for that. But I guess our first segment, we always like to do the news. The so. news. So we'll break into the news. Yeah, we'll start with the news. Right now. <clears throat> Trending television? TrendingTopicsNetwork.com television? Well, no. <laughs> Damn it. But. Okay. Trending television. All right. Monday's post-Helena Cell edition of WWE Raw drew a social media score of 283,796, according to Trender.tv, which is, you know, measures television shows, basically, mm-hmm. to their social media score. The 283,000 final number marks a healthy increase of 68.5% from last week's Raw. Additionally, Raw ranked number one on cable television for Monday night, the first time the show has done so in the past six weeks. Damn it, and I like that, but you know why they're going to say, Cena. Cena. Cena's the reason. Well, I'm starting to maybe think they're right. What do the eight-year-olds do? They just don't see him doing his little salute and running awkwardly, and so they turn the channel? Maybe. I don't even think it's, it's... There's adult marks out there. For Cena. For Cena. I crap you not <laughs> if, if we're going to stay clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I went to WWE Raw, my first time from being back in the States, I'm sitting with my buddy Matt, and sitting directly next to us was a couple. Okay. Two adult marks. Loved Cena. And, and the guy was even like, uh, I mean, he even said to me, well, I know it's fake, but sometimes I think some of this stuff's real. And I'm just like, oh, for anybody that couldn't see that, his face palm. Right, that, right? Yeah. Well, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, okay, man, you know. The the, the pain uh, and the falling and the, well, right, yeah, it's But real. that's not what he meant. Oh. And like, and just, I mean, like, so me and my buddy were, were cheering CM Punk when he's a heel at the yeah. time. We're booing Cena. Yeah. And this guy, I can tell, is uncomfortable by it completely. And like, he starts almost kind of getting mad at us, and his wife's getting really mad. And she's like, oh man, Cena comes out, and she damn near threw her panties in the ring. <laughs> and you didn't want to see this woman's <laughs> panties in the ring, right? I mean, right, so yeah. there's people out there, man. There is a bunch, for the standard, what we always say is the demo. Those people love, you know, the the rednecks and the hillbillies. Those people like John Cena. Why? I don't know. They're also the fans that like NASCAR because it goes left all the time. Yeah. You know? You know why? Because they like the comfortable, <laughs> hey, you know what he's going to do? He's going to walk out. He's going to salute us. He's going to run he like. He stands for something yeah, right. He's yeah. going to run like he has two left feet. He's going to go in there. He's going to get beat up. He's going to turn into Super Cena. He's going to win. And then we get to hear his fun little music, and we all get to throw up three fingers on each hand. But Six. You know what? Okay, so I'll even put this back in the Attitude Era, our praised Attitude Era, as we talked about. When Steve Austin was at the height of his mm-hmm. thing, even though he's playing the you know what would typically be a bad guy with flipping people to burn thing, I got just as tired of him as I got tired with seeing it out. Because I was like, oh, here comes Stone Cold. He's going to beat everybody up, mm-hmm. and he's going to win, and we got to watch this again next week. 
and we got to hear the same speech over and over again. Yeah. And I mean, like, at some point, it's just the same thing over and over again. But it's what they like. Yeah. It's the hero comes out, mm-hmm. saves the day, yada, yada. They never tire of that storyline for whatever reason. The thing, yes, and that is completely true, because then you can go back even farther, and you've got uh, Hogan. You yeah. know, we can always go with that. The thing where I feel that was different in the Attitude Era is Stone Cold had so many other guys that they let get on his level to interact with yes. that it kept it fresh. Right. With Cena, it feels like Orton's on that level and CM Punk is on that level and Rock, when he shows up, yeah. is on that level, but no one else, Yeah. right? Yeah. When Stone Cold was doing that stuff, you had Mick Foley, you had Triple Vince, H. you had Triple H, you had Rock. Rock, guys, you had Kane, you had Undertaker, you had Shawn guys, Michaels. yeah, you guys, you, you, you had guys in there that were on his level. The reason why we say it's Super Cena, and this is the reason I say it's Super Cena, is it's because no one else can touch him except for Punk, except for uh, Orton occasionally, and Rock when he's there. And that's yeah. it. And it, that's why I get tired of it. It's like but we can't argue the numbers. I know. I mean, even if for whatever reason, just they always are coincidental, which but is hard for me to believe. But it's co- because it's comfortable. It's yeah. the left turns in NASCAR. Yeah. <laughs> guess what I know is going to happen. Uh, They're going to turn three. They're going left. They're going to go left. Where's the garbage truck? I don't know. <clears throat> According to the Wrestling Observer, sources say that Eric Bischoff has been sent home from TNA while he remains under contract with the company and will continue getting paid until his deal expires early next year. As of now, however, he is not expected to re-sign with the company, but, however, will be paid for the remainder of his current contract, as noted. A source said, quote, He wasn't at the pay-per-view, wasn't at the last TV, won't be around. A lot of people are really happy on that one. Eric was never very well liked. Eric was very lucky that he had some very smart people propping him up in the WCW days, and those people aren't there now, and he got exposed on this run real bad. You know, and we were talking about this off air. The one fact that he can always go back to is, hey, I'm the the chairman or I'm the leader of the organization that beat Vince McMahon 86 weeks in a row. No one can ever take that away from him. That's true. No one can ever take it away from him. But that's nothing to be taken away now because that's all said and done and gone now. And here's the thing where people can now start to look at Eric Bischoff and go, maybe it wasn't just you. For example, we were talking about this. You know, Paul Heyman does ECW. They get bought out. Well, they're being funded, but then they get bought out officially. And Paul Heyman goes into WWE, becomes a writer, has his little beef, I guess, with Stephanie. That's a rumor. Mm -hmm. It feels like that's accepted fact. But, you know, gets fired, goes with Brock Lesnar to UFC, becomes a hot commodity again, comes back to WWE. He's probably the number one or two heels in the entire company, yeah. right? He's doing things post, hey, I was an ECW. Yeah. When Eric Bischoff was, hey, I'm WCW, he comes over to WWE, does this thing with Stone Cold, does this thing with like Jericho and Cena. It's not that grave. It's okay. Gets fired, you know, as the GM. Thrown out in the garbage truck. Right. Uh, and that's it. That's it. And then TNA. <laughs> Another Terrible. stinker. Yeah. So it's starting to see like, wait a minute, maybe yeah. you it weren't wasn't the him. guy. First of all, it was the NWO. Right. And you didn't come up with the NWO. Mm-hmm. You just happened to be the guy in charge when somebody else came up with this great idea and you used it to get yourself over. Not discounting what you did because you got to be you know smart enough to have gotten that done. I might not have been able to do what you did in that situation, but I haven't seen you do anything else since. And now that doesn't mean what it did then. So, right. 
So uh, I don't know where he goes next, but maybe we'll see. Maybe. Here's the interesting thing, I think, is really TNA, in my estimation, is your last hope because I don't see him going to Ring of Honor. You know? Yeah, I know. Maybe he's done in pro wrestling forever. Well, we'll see here after this next. All right. Bargain Bin. Okay. Brian Elliott, editor of the Fighting Spirit magazine in the UK, recently spoke with WrestlingNewsSource.com about the Carter family reportedly looking to sell TNA. Here's what he had to say. Quote, the Carter family has been open to receiving offers for TNA for several months. There are a select number of business people on the inside to whom this has been made very clear. You have to understand that it's not like the company is going to be listed on eBay, given the fact that they are open to selling TNA to a small number of potentially interested parties keeps the price that the Carters can get for it at a much higher level than if they went public with... uh, that the company was for sale. Mm-hmm. If someone does make a bid, that information will then be leaked in certain quarters in the hopes of starting a bidding war that would raise the price further. Uh, like with Fusiant Media's attempted purchase of WCW, if someone comes in with a bid, we'll soon know about it. Yeah, here's my thought process on that is, you know, you, you think first Vince will buy it, you know. Uh, my thought, though, is Viacom. Viacom will buy it. Viacom well, will own it because they want a pro wrestling company Carters are in charge, but really they're still calling shots. So now why why don't we just make this official? This is Viacom owned TNA wrestling. Unless uh, Bischoff Hervey Entertainment gets some backers. And... I don't think so. I really don't think so because they couldn't even pull the deal on WCW, and that was when I feel like he had more money than he does now. You know? Yeah, I don't know. Um, and I don't know his financials. I'm not now. Just, and these so, are all rumors too that right. have been circulating about TNA up for sale. But I gotta think the whole thing is. Dixie's daddy was reportedly the one who mm-hmm. wouldn't hear of, no, we're cutting it off, but he's dead. Yeah. So, yeah. I hope, the hope is for me, is initially that uh, Vince will buy him. You know, is just that because. I hope, though? I want competition. But I want to see AJ and Samoa Joe in there. I want competition before I care about seeing AJ or Samoa Joe in there. You're not going to get with I feel TNA. like they add enough to the WWE product to make me have no competition. Sting Undertaker? No, I don't care about that at all. If I never Kurt see Angle. that, I don't care. Kurt Angle back in the WWE? He's done. I mean, I want to see both of those things. Here's the thing. Yes, I agree, but you're not going to get competition from TNA. What are the, They've been in competition now for... Well, if somebody's smart and knows how to produce television, uh, uh, i.e. Viacom, right. and puts somebody in place who knows what they're doing, you could. You very well could. Right. It's been shown... You can beat WWE for 86 straight weeks mm-hmm. with the right product. I feel, though, that's not going to happen with TNA for two reasons. One, the reputation that they already have. People like me who kind of already gave up on TNA, you know what I mean? Like, until they do something eye-catching, I'm not going to really care. Honestly, I'm not. So I don't, th- I don't see them as a number two. I want TNA to go away. You give – seriously, you give – and I'm, this is all hypothetical. You give Ring of Honor a chance, and you say, "Ring of Honor, you're back on TV." You had all your issues really come down to your eye pay per view things that suck. You can't you can't do that well. But you have good wrestlers. Yeah, you have they Kevin have great Steen. wrestlers and great wrestling, but they don't have good storylines, and that's the problem they're not getting over is because. Eh, yeah. I don't know. I just think the TNA brand is done. Well, they just need to go with the Impact Wrestling name. TNA sounds ridiculous i don't like to tell like on a thursday night if i am watching uh 
Impact Wrestling, but TNA, and someone says, "Hey, what are you watching?" and it's a non-wrestling fan, yeah, I don't. I just say no. wrestling. I'm just yeah. watching wrestling. And what are you gonna do uh, if you go public at some point and you're trading your stock? What's it gonna be? TNA? Yeah, you know, like ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I just want it. that brand to go away. Yeah, Impact Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Why'd you buy the website name? Change the name of the show. Just to, I don't know. Whatever. See yeah. no mask. Kane. The reason that Kane removed his mask last night on Raw was reportedly because of the fact that See No Evil 2 will be out soon, where Kane appears without his mask when he plays Jacob Goodnight. He is expected to work without the mask indefinitely. Hmm. Hmm. And they don't have to worry about... We saw Ray back at the Spanish announce table on Hell in a Cell, and uh, they have... um, Sin Cara, they have the sheep masks. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have the mask worry anymore. Of right, yeah. Masks. They have Ray, too. Um, yeah, we'll get into that about how he did it. I'm not a big fan of how he did the eye unmasked. Yeah, yeah. But I thought the reason he put a mask back on was because I'm he's going back monster. to... monster. Yeah, I'm going back to a monster. Now he's... I mean, they <laughs> yeah. have a lot of different avenues to go with the I remove my mask because it's good for business type of gimmick. But uh, it makes sense. You know what I mean? You can't say, hey, go see this movie where I'm not wearing a mask, but then come see me Monday night where I'm in a mask. In a mask, yeah. Right. So yeah. I understand the reasoning. I'm not a I'm not a hater on that. Not on that. Not on that. I'm a hater on a lot of things, just not that. 15,000 welfare claims. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Following Monday's post-Hell in a Cell edition of WWE Raw in Orlando, Florida, WWE COO Triple H cut a promo on all the fans in the arena. Triple H standing in the ring with the new WWE champion Randy Orton told all of the fans in attendance to get out of his building for laughing at him. The fans did the Daniel Bryan no chant, which further angered the game, who then said he hired all of the fans. And then said, yes, you're all hired. Seconds after that, he informed them that all of them were now fired and they needed to get out of his building. I love that. That's yeah. great. If you, you can know, go on YouTube, find that and yeah. watch that. It was a funny segment. I hope, I seriously hope, you mentioned about these serious marks, you know? Yeah, yeah. And how, you know, I know it's fake, but some of it could be real, right? Yeah, yeah. I hope, and I'm going to pray Somebody. so hard, that someone was like, you know what? I'm going to put that on a resume. Yeah. I was hired for I one night. For, WWE. for one night at WWE. <laughs> it was just great. Uh, Go out very just, good. Very good promo. I just thought that, you know, there's always a dark segment, but you don't get something like that yeah. too often. Yeah. Porpoise picks. Okay. Porpoise picks. Porpoise. What does that mean? Porpoise. The infamous Reddit user Dolphins1925 once again correctly predicted all of the match outcomes for this WWE pay-per-view. The only thing Dolphins 1925 missed was his prediction of Damian Sandow cashing in the Money in the Bank briefcase after the John Cena-Alberto Del Rio World Heavyweight Championship match. The predictions made by Dolphins following the or followed the betting lines for the top matches, which included a major shift for the Daniel Bryan versus Randy Orton match on the day of the event. Brian opened as a solid favorite, reaching as high as negative two or minus two thousand, becoming a huge underdog, of plus fourteen hundred on Sunday night. Dolphins correctly picked Orton over Brian, Rhodes Brothers over the Shield and Usos, CM Punk over Ryback and Paul Heyman, AJ Lee over Brivella, Los Matadores over the Real Americans, and John Cena over Alberto Del Rio. Hold on. In our picks, did they have Los Matadors and uh No. So how the hell did he know? Well, I don't know when they added that. 
Yeah, when did they add that? And how did? Who is this guy? I don't know. I want to know. Yeah. The two things since this show has started with me and you, Spanish Announce Table, the two things that have been irking me on our news segments, news segments, are these: one, who is this dolphin guy? Yeah. And two, why are the McMahon Helmsleys selling their their stock? Their stock. Those are the two stories that are I persistent. Asked- that I'm I'm so curious about. I asked my wife about that. Okay. Uh, graduated with honors from a top 25 business school. All okay. Right. Here in Kansas City, mm-hmm. the Block School. Uh, with finance, okay. you know, finance, uh, business. Now she doesn't necessarily, and she'll admit she's not a a investment guru, but she knows enough about business. When I told her this, she said that's weird, and I was like, right? Yes. And I said, is it? really weird or does like do you see this occasionally and she was like now again she goes well i don't follow investments you know like the like the stock market she goes but i don't think that's extremely common now again she could be wrong but i was like that's exactly what i thought you know and she goes to do it in chunks like that with weird amounts eight thousand here or there for buying a home she goes i gotta think there was other ways to get you know more cash assets out of them than selling off Right, the stock, stock in the company that you own. She goes, are they? She goes, is the family selling out? And I was like, the McMahon family is never selling out of WWE. Right. Like, there's no way in hell. I was like, that's just not who. It's not how that's gonna go down. And she's like, well, then I don't know what they could be doing it for. And I was like, because that's her initial reaction was somebody doing that is selling out of the business. That would be insane. Yeah, but that's not happening. That would be. That insane. is not happening. They're I mean, too young, yeah, Stephanie and Trips, right, to do that. I mean. No, they could sell out and live off of it for the rest of their life, just not in the current lifestyle there that affords them now. But, you know, they could live and never have to worry about money for the rest of their life. That's what they wanted. You know, mm-hmm. they could get a small house somewhere, but that's not what they want. Right. And they're they're going to do something. They're not selling out WWE. And Vince McMahon isn't going anywhere anytime soon. So what are they doing? I don't know. And who is Dolphin? Who is Dolphin's 1925? I got to hope we find out someday. I feel like Dolphins tw- 1925 will be revealed before we understand what the stock thing well, is. Well, yeah, that's probably true. But who is it? Who is it? And why are they doing it? Yeah, well, they said they're doing it to prove to WWE brass or creative that they're not being secure enough with their stuff. They say they work there. They admit, I work for WWE, but I'm trying to get the message across to them that you guys aren't being secure enough with your results. <laughs> because he says he's not supposed to be finding out. So who is it? God, I so hope... you got to think not an agent, right. not a booker, not right. a creative member, not anybody in, in a not an O or not a C a CEO or something, you know? Right. Like not, yeah, I don't know. I want it to be someone just out out of the box thinking. I want it to be like Tyson Kidd or yeah. something, you know, something crazy. They find out Xavier Woods. Right. Yeah. <laughs> One last run. Okay. PW Insider reports Hulk Hogan remains a free agent uh, following the expiration of his contract with TNA Wrestling, contrary to recent reports. The two parties have been unable to reach a new agreement. On Facebook recently, the legendary grappler teased a possible return to WWE by publishing a photo of himself clutching a replica copy of the WWE Championship. His caption reads, Thinkin', thinkin', thinkin'. Well, let's be honest. He's one of the best ever at mind games. You know what I mean? There's yeah. there's a reason why he's been at the top 
backstage for as long as he has. So that's probably one of the ploys that he's doing. The only the only aspect I want to see Hogan in wrestling is as a GM or as a co-owner of WWE a la Ric Flair, Vince McMahon. I never want to see him wrestle again. Oh, yeah, no. I don't think he can. You're right. I hope not. Well, he did say that he told the Associated Press earlier this month that he was warmly received by Triple H at a recent charity function. He said, quote, he just welcomed me with open arms. He said, if I ever decide to get the itch to come back home, the door is open. That, but that could be. No, I don't believe that. I don't believe that either. Oh, they'll sign him to a Legends contract. I think They've tried to do this before. They are they want to offer him flat sum or you know a flat deal mm-hmm. for the complete ownership of of the rights to his likeness character everything it. Hogan will never do it at some point I would yeah. but when I know I'm like I, I'd be more 70 years old mm-hmm. 80 years old where I know because let's face it Hulk Hogan's not living to 100. But he Hulk has, but he, but he has his beach shop, and that's where he's going to keep the name. He's going to own his little stores with his likeness and his characters. Well, maybe and all he can that. work that into the deal. Maybe he can. Or but maybe I feel like, I, all current things I can keep, and right. maybe they get a X percent of things or right. whatever. Maybe he has complete rights to use them, and but has is, to pay an X and amount. And what is Triple H going to do, even if they do meet? Hey, you're you're jerk. Get out of here. Of course he's going to be like, hey, man. You know, yeah. it's like when Give me a call and we'll right, talk. Yeah, yeah, your people talk, call my people. Well, the door's thing. never closed. Right. I yeah. mean, unless he just does something ridiculously bad yeah, yeah. that would that they can't take on. Right. But as it stands now, the door's never closed. Exactly. But we're going to talk this out because right. I'm sure they view him less financially favorably than he thinks he's worth. Exactly. Yeah. So. But I, I don't want to see him back in... Uh, the only time I want to see him even do anything wrestling related as far as like moving around punching is like a WrestleMania moment. Because the only thing I could see him doing that would be somewhat cool and nostalgic and like cool for me, because for those who are listening that are new, uh, Hulk Hogan is my favorite wrestler of all time. My favorite match is... A Hulk Hogan match from WrestleMania 19 versus Vince McMahon. I know it's not the greatest technical match. It's just my personal favorite. To hell you say. Yeah. Uh, however, saying all that, it would be cool to see him do something nostalgic. And the only thing I can think of off the top of my head is if he came in and gave the big boot and leg drop to Zeb Coulter and the Real Americans. You know, I'm the Real yeah, Americans. He's not you know, but leg I'm saying, dropping anybody. You know what I'm saying, though. Or even just throws them out, out of the ring. Yeah. But I don't want to see him wrestle ever again. Ever. Ever. Don't do it in TNA either. Don't go having a street fight with, you know, Bully Ray or something, which could easily happen. (laughs) Anyway, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and what about this man wrestling? What about Hulk Hogan? Roddy Piper match, WrestleMania 30. Look, that, they were old when they did it in WCW <laughs> in 99. I definitely don't want to see it in 2013. Well, at any rate, we're going to come back. Spanish announced table trending topics network. We're going to talk about uh, WWE Hell in a Cell. Yeah. When we come back from our quick break. TrendingTopicsNetwork.com you say you need a good reason to check out the trendingtopicsnetwork.com? Well, I've got five. Number one, 
Fight Show Live. Masters in the business of beatdown, Ozone and T-Mac bring you all things MMA. Number two, trending mobile technology. Piper the DJ takes a bite out of the mobile space every week as he gives you Android, iOS, Microsoft, and BlackBerry. Number three, the real news. MJR shares politics and current events the only way he knows how, unbiased and honestly. Number four, the Spanish announce table. Captain Awesome and T-Mac are slamming your face through a table full of wrestling knowledge every week as they break down WWE and TNA. Number five, Old School at the Movies. Mr. Old School and his panel of critics are your one-stop shop for all your movie needs as they give you box office hits, DVD releases, even Netflix, and the bargain bin. TrendingTopicsNetwork.com. Better check in every day because you never know what's going to be trending next. are back on the Spanish announce table. Uh, we didn't introduce ourselves earlier. I'm Captain Awesome. I am T-Mac. And we are the road warriors of podcasting. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah? We are the Legion of Doom. Of podcasting. Yeah, you know what? We are the Legion of Doom of podcasting because we have some contributors like Mop Jockey yeah. and Cat- Cataclysmic. Yes, yes. So we're the Legion of Doom. We're the Legion of we Doom. We are the road warriors of the Legion of Doom. You know, because yeah. remember, original Legion of Doom was Road Warriors, Jake the Snake, King Kong Bundy, and well, I don't remember this. You don't? No. Yeah, original NWA, the original Legion of Doom oh. was King Kong Bundy it was before WWE. Before WWE, it was Paul Ellering was the the mastermind. Yes. Road Warriors, and then you had Jake the Snake, and then you had King Kong Bundy. Uh huh. That's a stable, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Too bad they never ran with that in WWE, but that was a good one. Uh, I enjoyed that. So they just ganked the name, Legion of Doom. Yeah, and then they just took it with them because they were like, they were the most over in that group. Even though you had King Kong Bundy and Jake the Snake, they were kind of like floating members where it was like, yeah, we're at Legion of Doom, but I'm gonna have my snake go bite this guy and have a one on one feud with this guy. You know what I mean? And snake. Yeah. And snake on his body. So we had a pay-per-view. Yes, we did. Hell in a cell. cell. It's a good pay-per-view. A lot better than the one previous to it. Yeah. I mean, I still had my beefs with part of it, but I think I'm always gonna. So, you know what are you gonna do? Well, it kicks off with a, a kickoff match. And, you know, we got news earlier in the day. The kickoff match was supposed to be Curtis Axel versus Big E for the Intercontinental Championship. Right. Curtis but- Axel got injured over the week or weekend before that, I guess. I think it was like on a Thursday or something. I'm assuming at a house show. Injured his hip and can't go. So the match is canceled. Is all we knew for a while. Yeah, it was like nope. Well, no pre you know pre show match, which was interesting. Yeah. Um, which they substituted with Damian Sandow versus Kofi Kingston, and immediately I thought, well, there goes my pick of Damian Sandow cashing in on the money in the you know money in the bank. After right, because we hadn't week. seen him for a while. He wasn't laying lows. There he is. Oh crap! Well, now he's been not exposed, but there he is. We've seen him now. He probably won't come back. It won't be a surprise. Yeah. So at any rate, um, good match. Uh, but what happens? Damian Sandow pinned Kofi after hitting his. You're welcome, mm-hmm. winner Damian Sandow. Which you know, hey. I mean, no problem with. Right. Yeah. 
great for last second. It shows how deep the roster is that on a last second, you know, uh, fix they can put in two guys that work as well as Damian Sandow and Kofi Kingston. Yeah. No, and that's good. I mean, and we uh, didn't see, for example, we didn't see three MB and uh, Santino and uh, someone, you know, Santino and uh, oh, uh, Kali or something. Well, what they typically do is put good wrestlers in these matches to work up the crowd, get them interested, give them a good show, get you on there, maybe get you to think, hey, hey, because it's free online. Yeah. You're like, man, I got to purchase this pay per view. Mm-hmm. So it's good they got these people just hanging around. But I even texted you and I said, what's Dolph doing tonight? You said, I don't know. And I said, oh, I think we know now. Yeah. <laughs> Dolph would have been great. Yeah. But for some reason, they hate they hate a great wrestler right now. Well, they can't now. do Dolph Kofi again. You know? But Dolph Damien might not have been bad. Well, wasn't that the kickoff for last week or last pay-per-view? Dolph Damien? Yeah. Wasn't it? Was Money it? in the Bank? Yeah, I think it was. Was it really? I think so. Yeah. It was? God. At any rate, we move into the real pay-per-view. Yep, here we go. Start off with a WWE Tag Team Championship match triple threat. And I really like this because this starts it off with a bang. You know, here's a title match that actually kind of means something as far as storylines go. It's not a buried tag team match that we kind of forget about. It's a, hey, this is somewhat prominent. Here it is. Let's see it. Yeah. Um, And it was a good match. I mean, you know, a lot of good workers in this. I mean, we say that a lot, but... Uh, Cody Rhodes actually hit Seth Rollins with the crossroads for the pinfall. There's a big kind of a, a melee, a big brawl going around, and Cody Rhodes got the pin. We're going to cut down on telling you too much about the match because, you know what, go watch it. We don't yeah. want to ruin it for you. Right. You're not really getting this to get a broken down play-by-play. Yeah. You want something to break down what We're happened. not going to tell you, you know, Irish whips and yeah, no. all that you, stuff. You want to hear what happened in our thoughts on it. Right. Cody Rhodes and Goldust. I, this had to happen. You didn't think so. I didn't because I thought they would turn gold dust. Yes. As which they fact, will. Oh, they will. But we're going to go to our picks. You said the Shield would win by pinfall. Do, do a gold dust heel turn. Let's see. Four, seven, carry the two. You got zero points. <laughs> Thanks for so. all the addition there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said. Gold Dust and Cody Rhodes win via pinfall. You got it. Whoop, whoop, yeah. whoop. Oh, that's eight points for me. Those for the enhanced uh, radio broadcasting. Uh, he was just doing a dance there. Yeah. That's what that was. Um, And it was a great dance. Yeah. I can dance. I've seen you do better. I just want to dance. Um, <clears throat> Days and Confused. Mm-hmm. You know, just want to dance. Great movie. Next one. Great movie. (laughs) It is. Never gets old. Well, we got Miz comes out to the ring talking about how the Wyatt family has attacked him repeatedly in recent weeks. Says he's not cleared to wrestle, but they can't stop him from fighting. And he demands that Bray Wyatt come to the ring. Yeah? Bray Wyatt appears on the screen, and he says this. me to see you like this, Hollywood. All broken and disheveled. Like a man who has nothing left to lose. Please understand your words 
mean less than salt to me. And if you could only see the monster that lives behind my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love a bray wyatt promo it's so good it's just great well what happens after that lights go out and when they come back on harper and rowan are in the ring and they attack miz right harper gets his destructive clothesline on him but then pyro what pyro pyro, pyro <laughs> explodes and kane comes out where's kane yeah. kane's here yeah walks down to the ring Kicks Rowan out of the ring, and then throws Harper out. Then he choke slams Miz. Well, you know, Miz sucks. <laughs> so <laughs> so he deserves to be choke slammed. <laughs> yeah, I'd choke slam if I was Kane. <laughs> Screw him. If you was Kane. Right. <laughs> I thought you were be like, yeah, I choke slam. Like, good, here he is. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mike. Well, and then he makes the fire burn from the ring post, mm-hmm. and we move on. It was good to see Kane back. It was good. It made no sense. It to made me. no sense. I mean, it was good for... He did more damage to Miz than he did yeah. Harper and Rowan. And here's the thing that upsets me. This was great if you're nine years old. Yes. Kane! Kane! If you're actually paying attention to the storyline, mm-hmm. it makes no sense. Where's Kane? Oh, I lost him. Now he's here. You know, like, that makes no sense at all. Because Bray Wyatt, we're, we're doing these promos where it's yeah. like, where is Kane? Where is Kane? Where is Kane? As if he knows, knows and he's holding him. No, he just lost track of him. Now he's here. Oh, he's still in all of his fun little gear, and he's doing his Fyro, and now he's just chokeslamming everyone. Great if you're nine. Yeah. Horrible if Horrible you're Horrible if you're more like us. Yeah. <clears throat> Fandango and Summer Rae versus the great Kali and Natalia. Fandango and Summer Ray won. Yeah. But Summer Ray got the roll-up. Yeah. I mean, interesting. That was interesting. We didn't have that on our picks because they didn't dare tell us that was going to be on the pay-per-view because we wouldn't have bought it. Yeah. Well, we didn't buy it, but well, yeah. <clears throat> sure we did. <laughs> sure we did. Uh, sure. We didn't stream it illegally. Then we got a United States Championship match. Somewhere to put Big E on the card since he got screwed out of his kickoff show. He's going to face Dean Ambrose. Good match. They had a little bit of a back and forth, you know, Although, uh, a friend of mine, he actually wrote into the show early on when we started. Charlie. No, no, John. John. I remember John. John. He he actually. You got two friends? I do. Man. Well, I don't even know if they're friends. They're just mainly just talking to me. (laughs) Some dudes. Right. Uh, I consider them friends. I don't know how it is for them. Yeah, they hate you. Right. They just pity me. Uh, <laughs> They're like, oh. But he John does a mentioned podcast. that uh, Dean Ambrose had to actually yell out a lot of things to Big E. Like, oh, really? Hey, turn around. Uh, hey, I'm going to do this. Which. See, I was watching this while I was working. Right. Don't tell my boss. Yeah. Um. So I wasn't kind of. I was, you know, all into it. Yeah. it. yeah. Now, I understand that to a certain point because Big E still is very, very young in the sport. And with the rookie, yeah, with the axle, rookie Langston, yeah, with the axle injury, <laughs> this has to be called on the fly, even more so than a regular match. So I'm cutting him a little slack. However, if you're on the main roster, you shouldn't be getting yelled at to do regular moves. You know, they weren't big spots, but uh, 
it was good to see him on the uh, card. I like him better as a baby face. I like him as that, you know, three ain't enough, I need five. I hope they do that storyline and the I'm a bench pressing guy. You I know. saw somebody. Who was the the big black guy that was big and swole up that was with Brian Kendrick when he was Oh, Ezekiel Jackson. Ezekiel Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I saw somebody call him. Big Ezekiel Jackson, and then I I thought of Rookie Langston. Right, it was fun stuff to yeah. go back. Yeah, uh, I mean you know Biggie's got a ways to go. I think obviously. With but I'm I'm looking forward to him getting that babyface turn and doing the NXT number one baby. He won't be the number one babyface anytime soon. But that number no. one, you know, because in his first line of his song it says, three isn't enough. I need five." Okay, you is, said it the way a white guy says it. Okay. Well, I'm like three I'm isn't enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. isn't enough. <laughs> three uh, ain't enough, man. Whatever. I'm not gonna say three it. ain't enough. I I, I have I a need degree. Five. I have a degree. Okay? Well, I almost do too. Right, yeah. So I'm gonna speak grammar. <laughs> but you said what the song says. Right. At any rate. Anyhow, I'm looking the, forward to him to start yeah. that. Promo Here's the thing. If I'm gimmick. nine, mm-hmm. I don't get what the hell that song means. What's he talking about? Three and enough. I need five. He doesn't do that gimmick yet. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to him starting that. I feel like he'll, he's yeah. going to do that on 3MB. He's going to do that on a Santino, maybe. You God, know. so we get to watch those matches. Yep. Um. Well, that match, which we didn't really get into, uh, Langston speared Ambrose off the ring apron, and Ambrose allowed himself to get counted out. Yeah. Big E grabbed Ambrose before he could leave and threw him back in the ring and hit the big ending, stood tall over Ambrose with the U.S. title. Basically, they were just like, screw you. He's like, I ain't doing this. Mm-hmm. Took the heel approach. We'll move on. Yeah. Two, the Hell in a Cell. Ryback and Paul Heyman versus CM Punk. This was great. And we had a pick for this. We did have a pick for this, and we'll get into that. But Ryback and Punk make their entrances. Excuse me. And then Paul Heyman comes out in a scissor lift. Rolling out in a scissor lift. <laughs> now, as the scissor lift is raising Heyman up towards the top of the cell, he cuts this promo on CM Punk. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman, and I am the best in Little did you know when you were just breaking in, when you were a nobody, that you sold your soul to the devil. For I am not just Paul Heyman, but in WWE, I am Satan himself. And right there is the man that is going to collect your soul for all the dirty deeds that I pulled off on your behalf. Now is the time that I collect. Because CM Punk, I have risen from the depths of hell and I have ascended to the top of the world for my name is Paul Heyman and I own CM Punk. So just all of fitting it all in. It's hell in a cell. Satan. All the dastardly deeds I've done for you. You sold your soul to me. 
here's my you know demon to collect. I mean, just all of it. Just great. Amazing. Just great. Amazing. One of his best promos of the year. I didn't think about this until I was just hearing it now, and we'll talk about this later on Raw, but somebody mentions the devil a couple of times on Raw. Oh, uh, that would be cool. We'll get into that later. Yeah. Probably just a coincidence. I think it's a coincidence. It probably is, but I could hope. Yeah, you can. Mm. And that would be a great hope. We did see a lot here. We saw Kendo Stick involved. I have a problem with Kendo Stick. When we get into wrestling matches and you start using foreign objects, I get that there's tables under the ring. I get that there's chairs under the ring. I get there's a sledgehammer even. You yeah. might have to use that. Who? Why? There's no practical use for a kendo stick. <laughs> that is true. Right? Right. That is. It's like when they have a stop sign under there. Yeah. It's like, well, why? And trash can I get that too? But yeah, you know what I mean, like, well, the sled stick. sledgehammer works because if the ring is off balance, you know, you hit yeah. the hit the post to make it straight. Tables and chairs. Hey, you might get more you got extra tickets stuff sold. Going on. Yeah, yep. tickets mm-hmm. are sold. You need extra seats. Just where you put the like, extra things, right. or maybe you removed some to fit. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Kendo stick makes no sense. Nope. <laughs> Not at all. Very Why is there true. a Kindle stick hanging Why? Out? Mm-hmm. Why? At any rate. It's uh, a wrestling thing. It is. Uh, this match, I mean, uh, uh, you could only expect. Ryback, right? you know what I was proud of? Ryback held his own. He didn't get lost. He didn't look out of place. He didn't look like a third wheel, even though in the storyline he really is. He looked like he belonged in a wrestling match with one of the better wrestlers in the world, in CM Punk. So it was good to see... Ryback, you know, get back to that main event wrestling type of match. You know, there's a lot of rumors. There's a lot of things I've been reading where they're not happy with Ryback as far as his performances in the ring. They say they like the progression yeah. of his character, but in and ring... I can see that. In ring, I'm kind of like, meh. Yeah, but in this match, he did well. You know, his back, I think, was up against the wall if those rumors are true. And I thought he came through pretty good. Right. So it was good. And then it was great to see Punk and Well, uh, well so Punk elbow drops right back through the table, hits the GTS, pinfall. Winner of the match, CM Punk. Then he looks up to the top of the cell and sees Paul Heyman sitting up there, standing. And he says, uh, huh, where are you going to go? Grabs his kendo stick, which you have to have. Of for course. Any, we should have asked Chris Goff about that. I'm sure he could have told us all about the game. Right. So he climbs up there to the top. Paul Heyman's trying to beg his way out of it. Not having it. Kindle stick whooping. Uh, beats him, as Jim Ross would say, like a government mule. Yeah. And then gives him a GTS. Plays it for the crown. I hope that's the uh, end of the feud. Yeah, you would hope. I think it is, actually. I think it is, too. We'll get into it on Monday night, but there's some things that I noticed about Monday night that would signify that that feud, at least for the time being, is over. Yeah, maybe uh, for the immediate future. Well, then we get another great, great... Uh, how do you follow that greatness up? You give it double greatness. <laughs> Los Matadores versus the Real Americans. Ole! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love how that's a crowd chant <sighs> only the song does. Yeah, exactly. Um and, yeah, that's the whole thing is, like, it, it's such a piped-in chant. When they pipe that chant in, you need to make sure you're not showing the crowd at the same time. Yeah, just looking. Because oh, the, the crowd's like, say ole too? Oh, oh yeah. ole. I've, I've caught that a couple times. But yeah. that's just because I'm a genius. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Hey. Yeah. Hey, calm down. Cesaro did get a giant swing in on one of the Matadors. He swung him 30 or more times. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was. I wrote down 29. I heard JBL say later 30 something, but I got to think I'm right. <laughs> I like to think I'm right in every situation. I got to think I'm right. All right. Fair enough. But he even played with the crowd midway through it. Like he started slowing down like he was running out of steam. And right. then he picked up the pace again and kept yeah. swinging around. I thought that was really good. Once again, giving the heels the, the face pop. But whatever. After the match. Oh, uh, Los Matadores end up hitting their double backbreaker finish on Swagger for the pin. What do you expect? Los Matadores. Well, pinfall. Okay. And on our Monday Night Raw review, remember that. Yeah. Because that I find interesting as we go forward mm-hmm. into our uh, week in wrestling. So... Uh, you know, two good tag teams. I hate the gimmick of Los Matadors. I wish they were Primo and Epico still, because I think that's actually a cooler thing. I think that gets over similar as the Usos, because really, if you think, if you look at the Usos, they're just two Samoans. Yeah. That two dudes that kind of dance a little bit, and they're proud of their heritage. Yeah. There's nothing else to them. That's really it. But they're getting over. Yeah, you could do that Mm. with Primo and Epico without this stupid gimmick and a midget dressed as a bull. Well, after the match, Zeb Coulter's on his hands and knees, nearly crying over his team's defeat. Uh, in the you know, and uh, like in the in the middle of the ring, pounding the the mat, all upset. The Matadores and El Torito start to circle around him. Uh, oh no! Antonio Cesaro runs in to save Coulter, but gets Hurricane Rana out of the ring by El Torito. Then Coulter tries to crawl out, but Torito gets to him before he can escape, gores him off the apron. I wonder how pissed Rhino is right now, seeing... And they always say it the same way. Gore! Yeah, they say it the exact same way. They don't just go like, oh, it was a gore! No, they're like, gore! 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 Yeah, well, you know, Rhino's in Ring of Honor in front of 75 people. and I'm sure Joey Styles, because he still works for WWE.com, I'm sure he's like, fine, whatever. Right. I'm sure somebody mentioned it to him, or Mm -hmm. maybe not even, but he's probably like, well, whatever. He might be a little pissed, but I'm sure Rhino's probably like, what the... At any rate. Yep. Uh, the next match. Oh, wait. Did we do our picks on the... Uh, yes. On Ryback and CM Punk? Yes. I was somewhat right. I said it was going to be you the end. You said Punk would win. Yep. So you got five points. Yes. You said it would be via submission. Yeah, because I thought it would the be cooler Anaconda to... Vice. Yeah. You I, thought it would be on Paul Heyman. Yeah, I thought it would be cooler because that's right. where the storyline should end, and yes. that's where he should be suffering. Yes. I said CM Punk would win via pinfall. Damn it. The GTS, but doesn't necessarily matter. So I'm going to take my eight. Shit. Man, I'm up 16 to five right now. Yeah. Five ain't enough, man. I need 16. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, we move on. World Heavyweight Championship match. Alberto Del Rio versus John Cena. Yep. Yeah, that happened. Let's just go into our picks. What do we What do we pick? Well, well what do we pick? You picked Cena would win via pinfall. Okay, what'd you pick? I picked Cena. Cena would win via pinfall. Okay, what happened? And then a cash-in would happen afterwards. Yeah, that didn't happen. That did not happen. <laughs> happened the next damn night. Yep. And I think they maybe planned for this. Yeah. But then they had to put, what's his name, Santa uh, on the thing. Right, and so then it didn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think my prediction on that match would have happened too. Mm-hmm. Because I picked Cena would win. Right. You the picked match. everything exactly right, except for they delayed it 24 hours. And I think it's probably because of Curtis fucking Axel. Yes. Yes. Oh, my hip. 
He probably has some real bad injury. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I get mad when I stub my toe. This guy probably has a yeah. dislocated hip. For now, for now he's puss. Curtis asshole. Yeah, yeah, we're calling him a puss. Curtis asshole. Thanks a lot, Curtis asshole. Right. Anyway, he's gonna meet me someday. Yeah, and we're gonna play. I'm gonna have this audio <laughs> on my phone. Hey man, big fan. Oh, are you? Because this is what I remember you saying. I'm gonna just play it for him. Curtis, uh, asshole. Yeah, this is what he said about you. You like take stuff out of context yeah. too and be like, I really mean this. Yeah. Curtis, asshole. Right. <laughs> You'll like throwing an is. Curtis is an asshole. <laughs> Not anymore because he just said it. So yeah. Great. Yeah, works great go. for me. <laughs> uh, uh, that's good stuff. Don't take this out of context. Curtis Axel is an asshole. <laughs> there you go. Cena goes for an AA, but Del Rio counters for a cross arm breaker. Only to have Cena counter that for the AA and the pin. John Cena is your new world heavyweight champion. We both predicted that correctly. Eight points apiece. Man, I was hoping for another. Yeah. I would have gotten an extra nine points if they just yeah. would have done it the night before. Yep, you would have. I'm still going to count it. No. <laughs> no, you cannot. No, it's still the fallout. No. Yeah. No. Still in, in, no. in yeah, it's still the fallout. No. Let's yeah. go to the next nope. one. Nine extra points. No, so right now, 24 to 13, me. Okay. And we've only got one left. No. Yeah, two more. No, we've only got one left. Two more. Two more. We do have two more. Yeah, so let's get into it. Yeah, the Curtis Axel one didn't happen. Right, so we got the Divas, and then we, we got the, divas, the uh, and, yeah. main okay. event. The main event. And yeah, nobody cares about the Divas. We'll just no, let's that. go into yeah, it, because we'll I think I got that count. one right. Three ain't enough. I need eight. WWE Divas Championship match, AJ Lee versus Brie Bella. Brie tries to kick AJ, but runs into Nikki accidentally, allowing AJ to take advantage and slap on the Widow's Peak for the submission victory. Okay, what'd you pick? I predicted there would be a pinfall. Okay. By Brie Bella to win the Divas You got a zero. what I pick? You picked AJ Lee would win. Yeah, how? By submission. With? The Widow's Peak. Boom! That's actually nine points. Them bitches came through! <laughs> That's actually nine points, because you got the five for AJ Lee, right. you got the three for the submission, and I called, and you called the submission, which is fairly easy to do if you're calling a submission. Right. Point. Them girls. That's all she's winning. From now on, I'm picking every AJ Lee match. If I think she's going to win, it's going to be a Widow's Peak. I got, man. You know. It's 22 to 24. Everyone hates those Divas matches. Not me this time. <laughs> 22 to 24, and by the looks of things that I can see, no matter what, I won this one. You won this one, but overall... Yeah, I'm not gaining much ground. You ain't gaining much. Because we move on to the WWE Championship match. Hell in a Cell for the vacated WWE Championship. Daniel Bryan versus Randy Orton with a special guest referee of the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. They used the cage. They used the steel steps. They used a fuck ton of steel chairs in this Mm -hmm, match. mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, like at one point, I, there must have been ten to fifteen chairs. Yeah, just scattered. And he, well, he like piled them up even, and like mm. slammed Daniel Bryan on there. Yeah, a lot of chairs. Anyway, some point Triple H comes down and begins to argue with Sean through the cage. I don't even really recognize. Again, I was watching it work. I didn't catch exactly what he came down to argue with him. About. It was just some technical thing, you know. It was like, a, hey, you should be doing this. Yeah, yeah. And so then they go in. So at that point, his back is turned. Orton pins Bryan. Sean's too busy arguing with Triple H. Didn't see it. Orton comes down to yell at Sean. They're all yelling at each other now. Uh, they get back in the ring. Sean takes a ref bump, right? Mm-hmm. Unable to count a pin for Daniel Bryan. 
while he's pinning Orton. The crowds count it. Sean's out. Triple H is fear, like scared for his friend. Makes the ref open the cage so he can check on Sean. Daniel Bryan's in there trying to revive Sean. Tell him, come on, you got to count the pin. You got to count. You got to count, Sean. Triple H grabs Daniel Bryan by the shoulders, throws him back so he can check on his friend. Right? No, I didn't do that to her, Daniel Bryan. Checking on my friend. Right. Checking on his best friend. Bryan gets real angry. Starts hulking up. Hulking up. You're shaking. Double knee to the face of Triple H when he turned around. Boom. Well, you know who else saw that happen? Shawn Shawn Michaels. Michaels. Saw Daniel Bryan double knee his best friend. So what would you do? I'd just be a ref. I'd super kick that motherfucker's face off. Yep, super kick a beard all the way to the next galaxy. And that's what he did. And that's what he did. Super kicked him right in the snot box. Just, just the snot box. The snot box. The lady catcher. Yeah, kicked him. And then this, he starts checking on Triple H. Are you all right? Randy Orton sees what happens, and ever the opportunist, what does he do? Mm-hmm. Goes for the pin. Sean realizes, I got to count. One, two. Three. No, what he should have done is kicked Orton and made it a level playing field. Yeah. Hey, just man. Just let everybody get back up. Yeah, I don't like you either. Whack him. Well, you know. Now it's all hmm. even. Hmm. But whatever. Maybe. Your winner, new WWE champion, Randy Orton. By pinfall. By pinfall. We both said Daniel Bryan would win by pinfall. Should have happened. Should have happened. I think he's hurt. You think he's hurt? I, I think he's legitimately hurt, and that's why he's not champ. Well... <laughs> I won. Okay, so we both picked that. Did hold on? Do I get a point? Because I feel is that a heel turn if Shawn Michaels kicks the baby face? Is that a heel turn? Yeah, but we didn't put that on here. I didn't. I no. thought I said Shawn Michaels super kicks. Oh, but I said uh, he super kicks. I didn't say that at all, did I? He said he would super kick. I don't remember what you said. I we didn't write anything down. Oh, I felt like I. But said But we that. could go back and listen. Yeah, who cares? It's not that important. Um. Well, damn. One point doesn't mean nothing to you, huh? You're just like, nah, I got, I wipe my ass with points. <laughs> yeah, I wipe my ass with these points. <laughs> ah, dang it. I hate you now. Yeah. Um. So what's the total? You have 150. And you have. I have 129. Damn. And Survivor Series is next. And I'm gonna kill on that one. Uh, I would, kill on the big four. You would almost have to just completely get zero. Yeah. And I would have to get. Yeah. What am I down? The big four, I'm good at. I'm, I'm gonna down 21 points. Yeah. I, I, the big four is where I come through. This sucks because right now, out of our last five, if we just went by. Yeah, pay per view one. I'm up three to two. Yeah, but I got I got that bolt. But man, when you when you win, you just spank my ass. And, and when I win, I'm just like, yeah, I squeak get by, by. Just yep. get by. Yep. So what happens is I screw the pooch mm-hmm. or I'm on point and mm-hmm. then I eke out a victory. Right. Yep. So it's all hinges on me. Yeah, and See, I'm, I'm just I'm consistent. letting you win. I'm just consistent. I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm just I'm hitting, you know. I don't know. Bound for Glory, you got 14. Yeah, well, <laughs> TNA sucks. But I got 22 because yeah. I think yeah, there was yeah, some, TNA sucks. But I'm just, you know, if if this is baseball, I'm getting doubles yeah. every time. You know, I'm just the doubles. Yeah, we definitely both started out. We were averaging higher points. SummerSlam and Night of Champions. Well, because that was and then the, you stayed up there with Battleground, and I yeah. fell off hard. Yeah. And since we've both been kind of down. Yeah. I just Survivor fell off Series. earlier. Survivor Series, I'm going to come through. I fell off one pay-per-view earlier than you did, and it amounted to a 21-point difference, which mm-hmm. is exactly 
what we're faced with. Yeah, right now. and I'm gonna come through on this Survivor Series. Mm. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. No, I think you're gonna get a zero. You're gonna well, goose egg the series. Mm-hmm. Those those four pay-per-views, man. Those are my uh, those are my home runs. I'm hitting doubles until I get to those big four, and then I'm knocking it out of the park. Strutting. <laughs> I'm strutting. Huh? Can't tell me nothing. Screw your struts. I'm, I'm Ric Flair strutting around those bases. Yeah, yeah, you're Ric Flair. Well, that was hell of, of these picks. Of these picks. Of these picks. Yeah. Yeah, screw you. I'd be the Dolphin 1925, and I don't even work for the damn company like this guy. I'm just going to start. You know what? Yeah, no, no, gonna, you're not. Yeah, no. no, you're not. No, yeah. That's not fair. Yeah, no, no that's it. That's no, what I'm doing now. No, no. Yes. No. Yes. Nope. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. For those with the enhanced radio, he is doing the fingers up. <laughs> I am doing the cross. No. Hey, we're going to come back. We're going to talk a bit of that Manarao. Manarao. On the Spanish A very good episode. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Stay tuned. Check out what we're going to listen. Stay tuned or just play it whenever you have time because it's a podcast. (laughs) When we come back, Spanish Announce Table, TrendingTopicsNetwork.com. Mixed Martial Arts has found a home in Kansas City. Fight Show Live with Ozone and Tina. Tune in every Sunday night at 8 as they cover the cage with news, commentary, calls, and big-name interviews. Oh, my God! Heel to the jaw. How good was that? Experts in the business of beatdown. He paused with the left and bang! Right on the jaw! Fight Show Live with Ozone and Tina. Sunday nights at 8 on Sports Radio 1025 The Fan. Oh, I haven't seen this guy in a while. I'll be back soon. That in uh, that intro confused me. I usually don't hear that part. Yeah, yeah, and, no, I don't think so. Uh, he shaved his uh, goatee. What? Yeah, he shaved his goatee, clean shaven. Looks weird. With the whole beard, he had like that whole. Yeah, everything's gone. Really? Mm-hmm. Saw a picture of him about three weeks ago. What, did him and Mark Henry get together and say, "Hey, let's shave some stuff." Rick Ross. Yeah. Mark Henry, Rick Ross. Oh. That would be so cool. Huh. Yeah, that'd be so cool if the end of his promos he starts doing that. And John Cena, I'm coming for your title. Huh. Huh. <laughs> Mark Henry shaved his head for anybody that hasn't. Yeah, uh, that's what we're referencing. Shaved his head bald, and, and he but looks he like the Rick beard, Ross. So yeah, he looks like Rick Ross. Yeah, but Monday Night Raw. Mm-hmm. Start with John Cena out to give his standard crap speech about not going away, never giving up, and yada yada yada. Damian Sandow interrupts. Tell Cena that he knows there's no way he could have healed so quickly and that he must be more hurt than he's admitting. Sandow then fakes as if he's going to cash in. Then pulls back and says, you know, maybe some other time. Acts like he's going to walk off. Then he hits Cena with the briefcase. Hold on. Yeah. Cena pushes him first. Oh, does he? Yeah, Cena does like this like punk move. Like, oh, yeah, oh. what? And pushes him. And then Sandow... Like, boom, hits him. Yeah. Cena, you brought this on yourself, homie. Yeah, thugonomics. Wow. Yeah, you should know yeah, your rules. Yeah. Don't push someone if you don't expect don't to get hit. Don't start no shit. Yeah. Won't be no shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Come on, Cena. Yeah. Well, uh, Sandow works over the arm while he, he's beating he, him up. He hits him with the briefcase over and over in the yeah. elbow. And one of my favorite parts of this whole segment was the crowd. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. As he's hitting. Yeah, As yeah. he's hitting John yeah, Cena. Yeah. Clue. Yeah. Get one. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he does indeed then realize, hey, he calls out the ref. 
Mm-hmm. Cash it in. Let's do it. They announce it. Match is on. World Heavyweight Championship match. Damian Sandow versus John Cena. And I'm marking the fuck out. I you am did. all over the place, man. I didn't watch this live, but I got text messages from you. They got me <laughs> super excited and super interested. It was all caps. I'm marking out. <laughs> yeah, I was like, are you watching this? It's like, I'm marking out. And then I was like, fuck those motherfuckers. <laughs> I just felt like I got kicked in the ball. <laughs> oh, I did say because John Cena prevails, gets the AA in the pinfall, and I With was With one arm, and they even mentioned that, and that was the only flaw I had in this segment, is the crowd was chanting, this is awesome, because it was cool to see Cena on the ropes in a Money in the Bank Well, and the match was just good. And I mean, Yeah, the match yeah. was good. A lot all, of false finishes. All the, all the elements were great, but then they're like, can he overcome the one-arm champ? Well, now he looks like a great you know, villain. He can't even beat a yeah, one-arm guy. I was so deflated. Yep. I was just like, no, because a couple times I thought it was there. Mm-hmm. I thought Cena was going to tap. I was like, yes, 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 and then no. And then he gets the you're welcome, and he kicks out. I thought it was over then. <sighs> anyway, still your world heavyweight champion, John Cena. Still that guy. Then we get a Shield promo, and they basically say they underestimated Big E from the previous night at Hell in a Cell, but they won't make that mistake twice, and that Ambrose is going to beat Langston tonight because, as he put it, He's the baddest man on the planet. Watch out. Does that mean uh, he's badder than the other two? Uh, well. And they mentioned that a couple times. Like, hey, you know, this S.H.I.E.L.D. thing might be coming to an end, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we get that match. United States Championship match, sort of. Dean Ambrose versus Big E Langston. This match was over very quick after Rollins and Reigns attacked Big E, causing a disqualification. Yeah. Here's my thing, too, about them mentioning the S.H.I.E.L.D. might break up. If they do, then who would protect the authority? Yeah, well, maybe it'll be... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Kane. Yeah, that would make sense. But one guy is a little no, hard. We haven't got there yet. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Spoiler alert. Yep. The Shield continue to beat down Langston, but the Usos come out to make the save. This is when we get the Mad Ox come out, and he says that we will now have a six-man tag team match. Teddy Long. Teddy Long. Then we get that. Shield versus Big E Langston and the Usos. Eventually, Reigns speared both Usos to get the pin, pinfall on Jay. Yeah, that nice. was cool. Yeah. I like that. So the Shield stand tall. Mm-hmm. Clean victory, even. Yeah. Well, as you know, clean as they're going to get. But. Well, and you know what? They, that's how they started out. Remember, they beat in one match John Cena, Randy Orton, and Sheamus. Yeah. The three top guys. Yeah. So. You know, they were yeah. unstoppable, as it were. But, anyway. Then we get Shawn Michaels. Comes out, he says he owes the fans and Daniel Bryan an explanation for his actions. And asked Daniel to come to the ring. Yeah, and kind of starts off typical Shawn Michaels baby face. Sorry, and I'm I was a like, humble come guy. on. Yeah, I'm like, come on, do something cool. Well, and he does. He comes out there, and Daniel Bryan goes out and yes. says, "Hey, like, what the hell, basically?" Yes. And then, and then, well, Shawn he says, um, he says, uh, he saw what Daniel Bryan did to his best friend, and like it or not, Triple H has always been there for him, and he will always be there for Triple H. So he asked Daniel to accept his apology and shake his hand. Mm-mm. And the crowd's really into this. Yeah. No. Right. No. I mean, the whole crowd, he refuses. This angers Sean. Calls Daniel a little puke. And he says, listen here, you little puke. Like, yeah. he's angry. And he says, uh, after all I've done for you, I've stood up for you every time somebody called you a B-plus player. He says, damn it, I'm Shawn Michaels. I'm and I'm it. offering you the chance to shake my hand in the middle of this ring. So do it. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-mm. Crowd's saying, no. 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 And Daniel's like. Fine. Shake your hand. Shakes his hand. Doesn't let go. 
drags him into the yes lock. And gets it on him, too. And Sean's trying to escape, selling it well, too. Looks mm-hmm. like he's in pain. And uh, he's even tapping. Let me go, let me go, let me go. Daniel Bryan's not. Mm-mm. Referees have to come out and yank him off as we see Sean rolling around in pain. Good segment. Very I haven't seen Shawn Michaels cut a, a angry promo in a while. Right, yeah. yeah. I think the last time he even came close to that was when him and Hogan had their stuff yeah, at even SummerSlam. Yeah, like, even his stuff with The Undertaker and um, Triple H for the WrestleMania stuff, like yeah. that was face, and it was fine, but it still was not what the best Shawn Michaels ever put it. Right. This is a good one. Yeah. yeah, this was definitely good for post, you know, born-again HBK. Yeah. Well, we come back from commercial, and we got Renee Young. She's backstage to interview Daniel Bryan. She doesn't even finish her question. And sees something off camera and runs away. I love that. Yeah. It made me go, what's going on? Yeah. Because she was like, are you, whoa. Yeah, makes... she was like, how do you feel? And then like she hurriedly rushed the question out. Yeah, yeah. She's like, uh, 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 about what happened with Shawn Michaels? And then like runs away. Yeah. And then Daniel Bryan's looking around like, what? What's going on? What? Mm-hmm. What? And then, boom, he gets attacked. Harper yeah. and Rowan of the Wyatt family. Huh? Yes. Shock here. I liked it. They begin tossing him around the backstage area, beating the crap out of him. They throw him into a wall where Bray Wyatt stands calmly waiting. Yeah. Oh, that was so eerie. Yeah, it was you know? cool. Because yeah. like I see him throwing him like, what is that over there next to it? I was like, that looks like a guy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, of course. Yeah, because you it think you know, it's like an official or some backstage yeah, yeah, no. food guy. You know? Bray Wyatt just hanging out like watching this all from afar. Mm-hmm. Then he picks up Daniel Bryan and gives him the... Uh, the uh, Sister Abigail into the wall behind him. But before he does, he right says, before. the devil made me do the it. The devil made me do it. Yeah, he gives him the kiss, and he says, the devil made me do it. Or he says, the devil made me do it. Gives him the forehead kiss. Does the Sister Abigail, not to the ground, but just to the wall behind him. Yeah. Boom. You all right? Yeah, I'm good. I saw someone. We're cleaning guy. I, thought, oh, I thought the Wyatt family was here. Yeah, you looked out there like there was a ghost. You scared me, man. And it scared me. Jeez. Yeah. Ah, gosh. Don't do that to me. The buzzards. Anyway, the devil made him do it. Oh, and then he walks over to an equipment cart and rolls it into the face of Daniel and Bryan. And then going back to why I think Daniel Bryan is not the champion, I think this is a this is just a guess. I I don't read dirt sheets. Uh, my guess is with such a impactful you know move to the face. Yeah, yeah. That That's takes him a, out. Yeah. yeah, that takes him out. And I think he's hurt. Now he'll get some time to recover, or maybe retool the character. Yeah, because he did maybe somewhat. Some time off. Yeah, maybe yeah. you know he did somewhat of a heel tactic attacking Shawn Michaels. You know. Mm, yeah, we'll see. We'll see yeah. how they bring him back. Yeah. After that, we get a handicap match: Los Matadores versus the entirety of 3MB. Who cares? Yeah, who does care? Heath Slater brought out a big butterfly net with him to the ring, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Because then he goes chasing El Torito around the ring, trying to catch him. Torito escapes under the ring. Slater tries to look for him under there and gets blasted in the face by powder from a fire extinguisher. Mm-hmm. Then he's out there bending over trying to clean out his eyes, gets Gordon in the ass by Torito. <laughs> Torito. I'm just going to call him Torito. Can we? Burrito. I mean, <laughs> I mean, but I just feel like, wouldn't this be amazing to have a great, not a five-star, but a great memorable match with Dolph Ziggler and anyone. Yeah, you can't have that. You they, they have the mix. You have a great match earlier. Now you got to No, be great all the time. No, but that's not it's it's you got to carry them through the wave. The ups and the downs of the show. They've been doing this a long time. I think I the know. segments suck, but it's all a part of the game. 
Yeah. Yeah, man, that guy is kind of scary when he walks by in yeah. your peripheral vision. Yeah. He's got like a vacuum that it's like a backpack vacuum. Yeah, and that's <laughs> what scary. caught me off guard. I was like, who has a backpack at? It looks like a Ghostbuster. Our time of the Walking night. Walking around here with yeah. a hose and a backpack. Well, um, Drew McIntyre watches the whole thing go down. It's Torito, Gore Slater. That's distracting enough to get hit with the double backbreaker finish of Los Matadores, who are your winners. After the match, they catch Slater in the middle of the ring with that giant mosquito net, mm-hmm. butterfly net, whatever it is, allowing Torito Burrito to hit him from the top rope. I like that name better. Torito Burrito. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's about a good midway point where we might want to take a break. What do you say? I like it. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, we'll come back. We'll make this segment a little bit shorter so we can move on from the longer ones. We'll come back and we'll finish up Raw on the Trending Topics Network with the Spanish Announce Table. One zero two five, the fan, the biggest name in KC sports radio, Jim Rome. Give it a shot. You want something radical? Try that. Jim Rome is sports radio weekdays eleven till two on FM Sports Radio one zero two five, the fan. It's one of my more favorite songs and there you go what about him why don't we do christian and Dolph? Uh, isn't he hurt again i don't know probably hurt. Yeah. but again. you know what i mean i think uh it might be time to put christian out the pad he might be uh at the performance center he keeps getting hurt oh uh, yeah he's got the mark henry yeah he's got the mark henry's <laughs> <laughs> when we last left you we were talking manara mm. manara mm-hmm and uh, they were just getting into AJ Lee and Tamina Snuka versus the Bella Twins. So apparently Nikki's not hurt anymore. Yeah, she's been wrestling a Although, couple times. Although did she get in the match? I mean, I think she had a little bit. Yeah, of, yeah. yeah, yeah, they did. A well, little Brie Bella is extremely concerned for Daniel Bryan, who we hear has been taken to a local hospital after the attack by the Wyatts. We're also told that she has been forced by the authority to stay and compete. AJ makes uh, Nikki Bella tap to the Widow's Peaks. How this one ended for time purposes. So they won. Again, Widow's Peak. Thank you, Widow's AJ. Peak. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> then we got the Kane. The Kane. Kane versus The Miz. Uh, retribution for last night. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It Doesn't was. get it. Kane choke slams The Miz. What do you expect? Uh, then he gets a mic and he demands Stephanie McMahon come out because he has something to say. Which makes no sense. This mm. is total well, left field. Stephanie comes to the stage, and Kane tells her she's been abusing her power and hurting people and ruining their lives. And then he says, but in this day and age, that is what's best for business. He tells her, so now, the monster is hers to unleash. And the thing that makes no sense is Stephanie was like, hey, I think this is you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. close enough that I need to get. Meaning, she doesn't even know what he's going right, to do. Right, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like, yeah, Kane, yeah. and there's some backstory that we don't know. Yeah. She doesn't no. even know what's going well, on. Well, he walks up, takes off his mask, and hands it to her, and walks off backstage. And then she, like, Yeah, she holds, holds it up, up and kind of grins as she's realizing yeah. her new power. Yeah. I, I, I forgive the out-of-left-field aspect of this because this could work out well. It makes it interesting, but, man, how much cooler, and this is me being I'm better than everyone else at writing, writing wrestling, yeah. But how much cooler would it have been if he said, Bray Wyatt, come out here. Hey, I went up against you one-on-one. You beat me. 
and then does the whole thing with the mask with Bray Wyatt, and then yes. turns into Glenn Jacobs. Yes, I agree with it you. It would have been awesome. But it didn't happen. It didn't. Mm. Would have been they better. Didn't ask us. And they didn't. Dumb well, then we get CM Punk versus Ryback, and all night fans have been voting on what the stipulation of the match will be, and it is a street fight. Yeah. First of all, again, the options, tables match, street fight, falls count anywhere. Isn't a falls count anywhere a street fight? Yes. Because that's the same as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. That means you're going to go anywhere. Although, I think in a falls count anywhere, you can't necessarily use foreign objects. objects. Yeah, yeah. I think it's frowned upon if you use a chair or right. a kendo stick. Just the falls will count anywhere. Yeah, yeah. You could you could do your finisher outside and pin them there. Yeah, if you use the ever so resourceful kendo stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, Punk Elbow drops again right back through a table, makes him submit with the Anaconda Vice. And I think that was the, we're, we're done. That yeah. was the Ryback and Punk and all that stuff. We're done. We're yeah. done, done. Well, even more we're done because the lights go out. I Dip! Now, I marked out for this because <laughs> Punk is my favorite wrestler today. Yeah. And his promo skills are off the charts. Yeah. Everything about him is... I'm I'm 100% on board about, right? Yes. And I feel the same way about the Wyatt family and all this stuff they've yes. been doing. Yes. And so when I was like, oh, man, yes. yep, yep, and I go nuts. I yeah. thought it was going to be a promo, but it was an attack. I know, an attack. And Bray eventually gives him the Sister Abigail, and again he says, the devil made me do it. Yeah, and they even pointed out, they, say they make you re-listen to it again. Yeah, and here was the crazy thing. Re-listen to it again. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I liked about it is... That speaks good I, English. I, I think the the audience was going to say, follow the buzzers. Yeah. And he's no, like, Mm-mm. The devil made me do it. Interesting to see where they're going to go. That's what I'm talking about. Paul Heyman spent a lot of time calling himself Satan himself. Yeah. Uh, collecting souls. And, yada, and this yada, is yada. no diss on either guy, but I think they're so good they don't need each other. Yeah, but... Because are you going to cut the promo skill of the Bray Wyatt? The devil made me do it, but he did go after CM Punk. And Daniel Bryan. Yeah, and Daniel Bryan. Which and wouldn't Miz. make sense. Wouldn't fit in the, the Paul Heyman thing. But and, and why didn't he attack Miz? Yeah, I. where's that going? Because I thought that was actually kind of yeah, having some liar. legs to it. Yeah, you're everything I hate. Yeah, he kept calling him Hollywood. Mm-hmm. He said, I, I, I hate to see like this Hollywood. The promo he cut on Miz from the night before mm-hmm. was great. Are we just going to ignore that now? Or I don't to, know. Or is he added there's, to a Survivor Series team with a, Punk? There's a lot of questions that I don't necessarily anticipate the answers for because I'm afraid of what's going to happen given recent yeah, occurrences. Yeah, I, I, I'll share my thoughts. Go ahead. I, this Raw is really good because it feels like a transition Raw where yes. we're done with old storylines, yes. now we're starting new. I'm just worried with, again, their recent occurrences, mm. uh, the recent way they've been booking I'm worried about where we transition to. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. But next we get Cody Rhodes and Goldust, Goldie Rhodes, mm-hmm. versus the Real Americans non-title. in a non-title match. Um, surprise in here, Swagger makes Goldust submit to the Patriot Lock after he chop-blocked his knee, but Goldust submitted to yeah. the Patriot Lock. Your winners, Real but Americans. They, but they lose the night before. Yeah, but doesn't this mean, again, he defeated the champions in a non-title match. Yeah, and I guess, hey, if they're going to lose to the Real Americans, does that mean the Shield kind of just go away? Yeah, I don't know, but the Shield won that triple threat 
don't know. Or no, they won that. Yeah, they won that six man tag earlier. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, never mind. Well, at any rate, then we get Alberto Del Rio comes out. Yep, we did. Talk some smack on Cena. Says he's gonna hurt his arm in the rematch. I really didn't care. It was a nice. I mean, he was angry. I mean, it was a good promo as far as what he was supposed to be doing. I just don't care about him in the storyline anymore get, at all. Go away, Alberto. Go, go start a different feud with somebody else, not centered around the World Heavyweight Championship. Or just go away. Or just go away. Just do a Sheamus and go away. Go hey, Sheamus. Go, no, that would be <laughs> great. Uh, Sheamus, you know, was really stale, and I like it because I kind of miss him now because he's gone away for a long time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Absence doth make the heart grow fonder. Mm-hmm. Summer Ray versus Natalia. Yep. Yep. Natalia wins this one. Sharpshooter. That's what happened. That's what happened. Next, the locker room is out on the stage for the Randy Orton Championship Celebration. I feel like we get a lot of Randy Orton Championship Celebrations. Oh, we've always have. Yeah. Back to like 2007. Yes. Yeah. Remember when Shawn Michaels was hurt and he was is, gone is this for a while? He's pitching, like, mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, sounds like a great idea. And like, he's just a one-trick pony. I mean, it generally works and gets some good heat. I think that's why they do it. It just yeah, gets is good it just heat. his shtick, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't but know. here's the thing. The locker room didn't come out. You know why? Because I didn't see Cena. Where the hell are you at, Cena? Well, he doesn't have to follow I, pff, I don't give He's a crap. He's already on his private jet to the next No, nah, man. You call out the damn locker room. I want to see all you nope. bastards out there. I nope. don't want to see Fandango and the nope. Usos. I want to see Cena. Nope. I want to see Punk. Nope. I want to see Ryback. Nope. I think he was out there. Though. Ryback was out there. Yeah. I want to see Cena. Yeah, no. No, these guys are already on their private buses and jets to the next town. Stupid. Well, because they've probably got 15 different things to do the next morning. Charity stops, mm-hmm. radio visits, right. yada, yada. At any rate, Triple H says McMahon asked him 10 years ago who the next face of the WWE would be, and he said he picked one guy and put that guy in evolution. Jindrak. Yeah. <laughs> he then said he watched that guy do some horrible things to the roster, including himself and his family, but now that man has grown up to be the face of the WWE and an A-plus player that he knew he would be. This Q Randy Orton comes out and tells the roster that flat out he's just better than all of them. Then he and Triple H and Stephanie group hug. Just kind of weird. Kind of creepy. Very weird. I bet they group other things. Hey now. Hey now. Calm down. Hey now. (laughs) (laughs) Big show music hits. So now big shows. Well. Yeah. Now. Now it's big the show. big show. Now big show's the number one guy. And here's it's the, the thing. Show. Here's the thing. Did you notice he got the yes chant? Yep. Stop that. Yep. I. It, they, but so did Sandow. While he's beaten. Well, that was just because they were screw yeah, you Cena. It was yeah. a more screw you Cena. Yeah. yeah. It's just not going away. I know. You can just forget it. It should be Daniel Bryan's though. But he comes out. She'll try to stop him. But the Usos and Cody Rhodes and Goldust come to the rescue. Thanks. And then the locker room beats them all up. Yeah, yeah. Or all of the locker room beats up the shield. Oh, really? Yeah, nice. yeah. I noticed that. Well, Big Show, I didn't notice that, yeah. Well, the Big Show then gets in the ring, knocks out Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. Then we get Triple H teasing like he's going to get in there and fight him. Doesn't do it. Leaves Big Show staying there kind of making fun of him. And that's the show. Well, here's the thing also, though. Big Show cuts a promo when I'm like... Yeah, what do he say? I don't oh, know just they... you took everything, my lawsuit, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I've got nothing to yeah, lose. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, Orton, just hit him while he's talking. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's standing there like watching them. Yeah, yeah. And then Big Show's been around since, what, 98? Long time. Veteran. I think the best big man wrestler of all time. But you're not bigger than the WWE title. You don't just knock out the champion and stare at the boss 
and now it's a bigger thing because you're going after the boss, not the title. No, no, you're not to that no, level. No, no, you're not Stone Cold. Yeah, you're not Rock. No, you're not that level. So you go after Randy Orton and you just worry about that title. Don't worry about Triple H. As far as I, you know, I knocked out the champ. Whatever, I'm going yeah. after you. No, mm-hmm. no, no. Dumb. Well, speaking of dumb, we're going to come back and talk about Impact Wrestling. <laughs> yeah. But it was a good RAW. I will say that it was yeah, a very it was good, a good raw. raw. A lot of open-ended questions, mainly the Wyatt family, that made me very interested. Yeah, a lot of of what's going to happen next, which can only be good for ratings. Yeah, it makes me want to tune in. It does. Didn't do that when Cena was gone. Well, tune in when we return from break on the Trending Topics Network for more of that Spanish nasty table. What's up, people? Mr. Old School, Alter Ego to the Mountie, here to let you know about a new podcast that I've been working on called Old School at the Movies. We talk all about the latest news and rumors, we review stats, we've got our own movie review of the week, predictions, contests, all that good stuff. Check us out at oldschoolmovies.net. Old School at the Movies, your one-stop shop for all your movie-related news. Slamming your brain through a table of wrestling knowledge. Oh my god, what's gonna happen? number two you know we say hour number two but it's generally been coming around like a two and a half hour yeah hey you let's know call it the second half second of our half. show yeah. second half of our show well it brings with it the 14th best wrestling show on television impact wrestling i love that we're still going with that yeah well it's hey it's part of our history. Yes, it is. Show opens with the ring decorated and AJ style stuff and a big welcome back banner huh Dixie Carter is there basically sucking up to AJ, saying she was only doing all the things she did to help AJ out of a slump. You look a little angered by this. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Anyway, she brings AJ out and shows him that she bought him a new car, even. Yeah. And decked out his dressing room with all kinds of high dollar goodies, champagne, mm-hmm. all that kinds of stuff. She tells AJ that she can cancel the world title rematch for a night. He'll just hop on her private jet and get on Team Dixie. I still think she wants him to. Get on team yeah, Dixie. Get on team get in team Dixie. Yeah. Get all up. Anyway. Bully Ray comes out angry over all of this, obviously. Yeah, and he, he and AJ go back and forth for a little bit, but AJ says that rematches are worries for people that are on contracts. And yeah. I ain't got one. But he does says I did come here to fight, so I'll go ahead and put the title on the line anyway. Okay. Yeah. Bully continues to rant about how AJ can't beat him and he blames his loss on Earl Hebner because he's blind and missed his kick out, which I thought was funny. Bully keeps ranting. Till the lights go out. 
Well, no, then they start fighting. Right, they did fight a little bit. Yeah, then they start fighting, and then he gets uh, AJ in a powerbomb situation. Then the lights lights go go out. out. And Mr. The return of Mr. Anderson. Who runs all the way there, slides into the ring, and looks at him. Yeah, let me laugh at him a little bit. Like, hey, dumbass, if you really want to hit him, if you're going all this way, hit him. What was the stop bully from just... Okay, fine. You're not going to hit me. I'll hit you. Yeah. yeah. And then they start fighting and blah, blah, blah. Then security. Yeah. And Mike today. What? Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Taz. We, and so, his, what the? security and everything. Then we come back from commercial. Anderson's still hanging out there. Of course. Now, he, ta- he says everyone. He's missed them. And he talks about revenge on Bully. And Dixie Carter comes out. Tells him he's not supposed to be there. And calls for security. He fights security. Like Initially. But then he stops and allows himself to be handcuffed and. Led backstage, presumably out of the building. Yeah? Yep. Then we get... This one I don't understand. And, again, I kind of was doing some of the things so I didn't catch this, but... So maybe they explained it? No. We get a tag team match. We get a tag team match! ODB and Velvet Sky... Makes sense. Versus Gail Kim. Okay. Lady Tappa? It should be. should be, but it's not. Brooke Tassmacher. Who got manhandled. Yeah, by the lady tapa. by the lady tapa. But that ass. But that ass. But like so. I it, look. You know what? Here's the thing. Just because your heels, heels get revenge, and they do dirty things like so. You screwed me over. I'm not your teammate. Faces yeah. kind of. You know they'll do the. Right. I get what you had to do. Yeah. You know? I don't know. That's weird. But here's whatever. why it makes sense. Because of that ass. Because of that ass. That's what I just want to. They call had a teammate. double shot of ass in that. Uh, yeah. In that match. They had Velvet Sky in there uh, also. Yeah. I just want to call it TNA. That ass. Because that's the only thing that God, keeps me what, tuned what in. What starts with N that you could throw in there? That nice ass? Yeah, nice That ass. nice ass. That nice ass. Yeah, that's what TNA stands for. <laughs> that <laughs> nice ass. Because that's the only reason I'm tuning in. Well, the fight goes to the outside of the ring. And while the rest back is turned, Tappa super kicks Velvet, allowing Gail Kim to get the pin. Your winners, Gail Kim and Brooke Tessmacher. Mm-hmm. Ethan Carter the third versus Dewey that, Barnes. That guy. Barnes, frustratingly to EC3, gets in some good offense. But Carter eventually gets the pin after his headlock driver, the Dean Ambrose move. Then we get Kurt Angle comes out, tells of his hard times lately, and can't accept the Hall of Fame induction until he proves himself again. You know, that whole shtick, cry, pity me, cry me a river. He says Bobby Roode put him through hell, and in the end he knocked himself out. In that match, this obviously brings out the anger of Bobby Roode. Yeah, he says, I beat you, man. Yeah, he comes out and he says, Angle always has an excuse. And that Angle didn't accept the Hall of Fame induction because he knew he couldn't beat him. Roode says he lived with a feeling of failure for two years after losing to Angle at BFG 2011. And now it's time for Angle to feel that feeling of failure. Yeah? Yes. Angle challenges Roode to a match on the spot and Roode informs him and the crowd that Angle already knows he can't wrestle because he's not medically cleared due to a knee injury, not a neck injury. Yeah, hmm. and you, you, you're admitting that you knocked yourself out. That's a concussion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you well, anyway, Angle agrees that he's not cleared to wrestle, but they never told him he can't fight and starts to unload on Rude. And security breaks up the fight. We we're going to continue that storyline, it seems like, which is fine with me. I like that. Those two need something to do. Yeah. Bromans are out next. Now, I like these guys. And they're celebrating their title win, complete with champagne and a DJ out there. The booth and everything. Well, then we get Gunner and Storm to come out. Storm knocks over the DJ booth. 
tells the DJ to kick rocks. <laughs> Didn't exactly say that, but then he and Gunner start drinking the champagne. Yeah, Storm tells Bromans they're about to have the shortest title reign in history after their rematch. This is when we get bad influence. They come out, come they come out and tell them all to knock off the shenanigans. Kaz says they are petitioning for a title shot. Daniel says they need better drinks out there as beer is for losers and champagne is for posers. <laughs> right? Yes. Then he tries to drink his Appletini, yeah. but it's stolen by Storm. I love that. Who says it's terrible and throws it on them, and then they all start to fight. And who else joins the fight? Eric Young and Joseph Park, because why not? Because why, why not? Why not? TNA. Why, why not? Oh, uh, man, they should hire us to write slogans for them. Yeah, we got that. That nice ass, and why not? <laughs> We're averaging two a week. Daniels breaks a bottle on the head of Park, who starts to flip out at the sight of his blood. Bad influence make a run for it, and Park chokeslams Jesse and then chases bad influence to the back. So we're getting more of this. I thought Abyss was finally back, but I guess not. And, and you know what will happen is he'll come back on Halloween, and then he'll go away. Oh, again. that's on Thursday night, too, yeah, isn't it? that's what will happen. Stupid! God, wasn't it on Halloween last night, last year, too? I don't know. Yeah, that was a couple of years ago. Well, then we get Bully Ray versus AJ Styles rematch for the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. This match goes back and forth until the ref takes a bump. Huh? This allows Anderson to come out and distract Bubba long enough for AJ to get a crucifix roll-up for the pin. Winner, still TNA World Heavyweight Champion. AJ Styles. And they acted as if uh, it was so it, shocking Anderson came out again. Yeah, of course he's going to well, come out. He was led out of the building. Uh, I know. Oh, and he had his like security, or he had like the handcuffs still on. Still stupid. Well, Anderson proceeds to beat down Bully until he's pulled away. Dixie Carter appears on screen and says she has a contract offer for AJ Styles. She's going to bring it to the ring, which she does. AJ then reviews it and says it's a great contract. From a horrible person who pads her pocketbook off the blood, sweat, and tears of her employees. Yeah, and then rips it up. Says he's not done yet. Making her pay was never about the money. And he says he's taking the title from her and taking it to the fans because they deserve it. The fans. But I had a shirt that said no one. No one. Uh, yeah. But he says he's also taking the car she gave him earlier. And he goes backstage, gets in the car with the title. And we go off here. And he speeds off. I like that. That was kind of cool. Yeah, that, that was, was good neat. One. But, yeah. I mean. Impact, I mean, it's not bad. It's just kind of, it's still TNA. Here you, know? you go. It was good for what they are, and it still wasn't that good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. And then did you hear the uh, latest news? This is outside of Impact, but uh, exclusive content on their website, TNAWrestling.com or ImpactWrestling.com. Uh, Dixie Carter has vacated the title. Did you hear that? <laughs> no. Yeah, vacate. Uh, if you go so, on the website, uh, there is no world heavyweight champion. Well, because he's not under contract. But you're doing the same damn oh, thing yeah. WWE did oh, yeah. not even a month ago. You know what? Like, So I heard some people talk about this on the AllWrestling.com Weekend Review with Dan the Cannon. Plug. Um, part, of, part of our Legion of Doom. That's yes, part of our Legion of Doom of yeah. podcasting. I like this. Yeah, see? Yeah, we are the Road Warriors right. of the Legion of Doom of Podcasting. Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that to him. Mm-hmm. He's going to be like, screw off. I'm established. You guys are nobodies. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so <laughs> we got he Dolph did Ziggler. say he would play a commercial for us. Yeah. We, I need to send him the commercial. Yeah, we got Dolph Ziggler. We did get Dolph Ziggler. And Chris Goff. Yeah. He's had AJ Styles and Dixie Carter and Booker T. Awesome. That's the 15th best wrestling show. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> he had Booker T for like three hours. Okay, yeah. At any rate. Um, 
he said, you know, we, they, they discuss that a lot. And a, a general conclusion a lot of us have come to after thinking about it is wrestling's always done that. This is a little close. This okay. is really close. Really close. However, um, I don't mind if you copy it because you think oh, they screwed it up. We can do it better. Dang. And you do it better. But I'm not seeing any difference yet. Yeah. It's too similar yet. It's different if you give me a different outcome. So I'm, I'm, I'm right now. I'm not hating on it too much because I think okay, maybe they're gonna lead to somewhere. The different. only wrinkle that is interesting is they added the CM Punk angle where uh, CM Punk didn't have a contract but was the champ. Yeah. Uh, and AJ's the champ and doesn't have a contract. Same thing, but it's in the Daniel Bryan storyline. That's the only wrinkle that there is in this uh, corporate uh, versus the working man storyline. Yeah, I don't know. Let's just get out of here. We're going to get out of here, and we're going to bring you a Chris Goff interview. Yes. We got him for two Enjoy segments. Enjoy it. It's great. Yeah. It really is. Stay a lot tuned. of stuff. More stuff that I didn't know. And, you know, just some and some things that, like, it confirmed mm-hmm. things that I thought maybe go down certain right. ways. Yeah. Yeah, it's very it's interesting. really great interview. Yes. And then, of course, the Cinco Perguntas is always. Very fun. It's always great. So, we'll come back. Man, I'm, I, I, I wish Fondango would come out to this. I wish Disco Inferno and him would have like a dance off. You know what? Even a match, a dance off and a match, maybe right. a triple threat, kind of like a, mm-hmm. a dance off and a match and something else. Right. The best two out of three wins, and it ends in the dance off at WrestleMania. Yeah, that that would suck. <laughs> Any rate, Spanish announced table trending topics now. We're going to come back with Chris Goff. Enjoy the interview. When you get to work, turn on the fan. John Feinstein, weekdays 8 to 11 on your new home for sports, FM Sports Radio 1025 The Fan. You know what that's the sound of? That's the sound of good old JBL. It's the sound of money. Well, yeah. I mean, he makes a lot of it. He does make a lot of it. As the cow goes off in the background. Maybe he'll send us a dollar. We discussed that already. But right now, as promised, it's time to talk to our special guest. Yes. We've got him on the phone line here. Owner of Metro Sports, or Metro Pro, uh-huh. on Metro Sports in Kansas City. Chris Goff. Chris, yeah. how are you doing? Uh, just a normal uh, Tuesday night, guys. Uh, just watching the full house with the child as he looks at a young Mary Kay Olsen. You know, the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, this sounds like a normal Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, that's night. a normal Tuesday here. <laughs> so, Chris, uh, we're we're kind of in the uh, the realm of uh, getting to know you right now. So, you're you're the owner of Metro Pro Wrestling. How does one even start a pro wrestling company? Uh, you know, it's uh, sadly or greatly, whichever way you look at it, it takes really not much. Okay. Um, <laughs> I would say you just basically have to understand the, well, to, to become a wrestling company, all you have to do is buy a ring, really. Right. Which, uh, the cost of a ring is anywhere from, I don't know, let's say it's five grand, give or take a thousand, I don't know, it depends on where you get it. But uh, after you buy a ring, um, basically at that point, you have pretty much everything you need to just have a really basic wrestling company. But, uh, you know, of course, when I got into this, Back in 2010, I had, I had been working at WWE and had that background, but 
when I got into it, I had no idea what independent wrestling was all about, and it was a, quite the learning experience over the last three years. Well, you were mentioning about WWE. Growing up, were you a pro wrestling fan? I mean, was owning your own company the the goal, or did you want to be a wrestler? What, what was the goal for you uh, being in the wrestling business? Uh, I was a huge WWF fan. Never watched NWA or WCW growing up, really. Um was all old school WWF growing up in Kansas City. That's basically was that was pushed more when I, I was watching mm. primetime wrestling with Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon. That was like the best. This is and, my favorite uh, show of all time. Yeah, it was great. And Piper was on there a little bit. It was really good, late 80s, um, really good stuff. But anyway, that was my favorite thing, and I got into that. Uh, basically, I really didn't know. I was I went into I went to the University of Missouri to become a uh, broadcast journalism major, and uh, while I was there. A guy uh, who was also in broadcast journalism, I think we were sophomores at the time, he told me that his mother lived in Connecticut, and at the time it was this town called Norwalk, and I had no idea what that was, but he said, you can come stay with me over the summer, and uh, we can intern, we can try to get an internship at WWF at the time, and um, basically we both applied, then he told me his parents were moving to Minnesota, but uh, I basically had to ask my parents, hey, can you financially help me do this? Because it was a non-paying internship there. And they did, and I got the internship, flew out there, interviewed for it or whatever, and uh, started interning there in the summer of 1997. And uh, really, I just wanted to be I'm – a, I'm a big television fan, uh, mm-hmm. just in general. So I really wanted to be involved in TV, and uh, I loved wrestling. And um, so when I got involved in that right out of college – uh, that that was sort of what I wanted to. I wanted to be. I think everybody that's a wrestling fan at some point wants to be part of the writing team or the creative right. process, yeah, or the booking team, whatever. Um, so anyway, that's that's how I, I got involved in that. Uh, a wrestling company was never on my, in my mind until after I moved back home here. So how do you make that transition? You're sitting there as an intern, and summer of '97. That's a that's a hotbed time for wrestling. I mean, it's, it's, I know, it was you know, a great era, man. Yeah, really good. So how does how do you just how do you transition from intern? Did you just wow them with your work ethic or did you you know did you maybe screw the right people how did you Are go you up the ladder to become to go to the writing team we're talking Correct, about right yeah how do you how do you get out of an intern because i'm sure you know hundreds if not thousands of people intern there yearly sure. how does how do you get plucked out of the crowd in that uh well it was a, it was a long road um Interning in 97 and 98, full-time job in 99. At the time, uh, the Internet was the brand-new thing, and it was going to be the biggest thing, so I went to the Internet side of things instead of TV. Um, Shane McMahon was in charge of everything. It was the new media department. Um, I was – this is – XFL started after that. We had acquired – you know, this was – was, we hadn't acquired WCW yet at that point, but – uh, it was really, you know, like you said, hotbed of wrestling, late 90s. It was great. Uh, web stuff, web videos, webcasting of pay-per-views, all that stuff was like in this really early stages, and I was involved in that. I became a video producer. There was a video, there was a show they used to do on there called Bite This that I produced mm-hmm, for. Yeah. I basically started that with Kevin Kelly and Dr. Tom Pritchard, and we did that for several years. And then um, I had a, my best friend who I uh, met at WWF, um, me and him were both on the in, in the. He was from New York, and uh, so we became really good friends. We both were with WWF.com, and we over the years we just said, you know, we'd really like to write this, try to get involved in the storylines at some point because that's just a that you know when you're a competitive young guy, that's what you want to do. Well, yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, you we think... ended up uh, we were really close with Shane, both of us, and um, 
you know, he's like, he basically warned us. He's like, if you, if you want to make the transition to the creative side, which was then run by Stephanie, um, he's like, you know, it's, it's basically like a manager of a baseball team. You're hired to get fired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. you know, when you're 23 or four, that really didn't matter. Yeah. So we ended up, uh, going over there and, um, asking Stephanie about it and we had to do the process at the time we had to go through like everybody else and wanted to be on that which is you had to write two 10-page storyline arcs um, from beginning to end and it's just something that you created yourself send those in and they would look them over or whatever and a few weeks after we did that we both got called up and we both got uh, put on the writing team I went to Raw and while we were on the team uh, it split into the mm, brand mm-hmm. split of SmackDown and Raw. So I was on Raw and he was on SmackDown and he was there for about six months and then I was there for about a year. So, you know, Shane is one of the characters that seems a little bit to have a lot of mystery around him. You know, Vince McMahon, a lot of people are, you know, have stories of Vince, but what was Shane like? It, I mean, you said you were close to him. Was he, was he kind of like, you know, a locker room guy or what was his personality as far as working with him? Uh, Shane was my favorite McMahon. He was the um, he was the most energetic, positive guy. Uh, he was he was always he was he was such a fan of the wrestling business. Uh, I've heard some people talk about how he he didn't have the mind for it or anything, mm-hmm. and I know what they mean by that. Uh, by that, I think they mean he didn't want to like spend every second of his life. Uh, on the road, doing storyline critiques and doing that because he's got maybe, maybe he's ADD a little bit or whatever, but he's very energetic and very sort of short attention span. So I can see that not being the great fit for him. So it wasn't a big shock to me when it seemed like okay, Vince has obviously tapped Stephanie and now Triple H and Stephanie to become the the sole guys going forward if he passes away. So Shane was just uh, he was a ball of energy. Everybody loved him. He was very positive. He he was always wanting to try new things. That's why it was great to be in charge of the magazine slash internet at the time. Um, he was a big family man. He was married to a gal that was the heir to the Mazzola Oil Company. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's like cooking oil. Uh, so there's lots of money between those two families. Yeah, definitely. And mm-hmm. and so he's he's went off and you know like I I had been long gone from WWE at the time, but when I heard that he had left to go become like, uh, you know, left WWE and to go pursue other things. It didn't really shock me at all because I just, he was a big time family guy and I think he wanted to spend a lot of time with his kids. And frankly, if you're Vince or Stephanie, that, that is your life and for good or bad, it's, I, I, I wouldn't want it, but he didn't want it. And uh, I thought that was a great decision for him. So your two storylines that you had to write, did you get those actually in in the TV? No, 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 not at all. I think one one was about. Uh, I remember one was about Ric Flair. It, it involved Ric Flair, Shelton Benjamin, and David Flair at the time. And I can't remember what the second one. I think had something to do with uh, Mick Foley and, and Chris Benoit. But uh, you know, it's funny. Like everybody always talks about being on the riding team and, and blaming Brian Gewertz or whoever they they know the name of that they've read about on the dirt sheets or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the process of getting something from A to Z online is or on television is, is so convoluted. No idea that ever comes out of one person's head just goes straight to TV unedited. It's, it's, there's so many hands and everything goes on, on, on the air that even if I would have tried to get that on the air, it would have been changed and revised 500 times, and it wouldn't have looked anything like I started. So 
you know, it's hard to, for anyone to ever take credit for anything. I mean, I think what you can do when you're a writer on, at WWE, you can take credit for certain uh, catchphrases you get Rock to say or something that gets really over or, or maybe a, a certain promo that was, like, right on the money that was great. You could take credit for that. But as far as, a, like, a long-term storyline, um, the editing process is so every day, a thousand times a day, going over it and changing every little thing that nothing is ever untouched that someone could just stake claim to. Well, you know, you started off with uh, the the internet, and then you moved over to the writing team. But as you mentioned, the dirt sheets was that did that ever affect the writing team? Did they read the dirt sheets, or did you, you know, during this time in WWE? You know, I was never, I never subscribed to you know Dave Meltzer, the Observer, or anything, um, or the Torch. Uh, they had there were some people at the office that did that did look at them. And in fact, like I said, when I was there, it was like the rise of the internet. Basically, mm-hmm. um, I know it was the internet was around in like the early '90s. I know, but it was it was way bigger, like '95, '96, '97, getting starting to really crescendo there. So, um, I, at some point, I think it was like '98, '99, we started doing a report called like the Web Rumor Report that mm-hmm. was basically. Um, a, people like a few of us we'd go through the internet and like copy and paste stories that were true untrue gossip whatever and like send that to like a lot of the top people in the company just to see you know because some things were leaked you know who disciplinary action might be involved stuff like that so um that that was that was pretty prevalent back then yeah well, um, going more on with that, as far as your writing, who did you work with the most as far as wrestlers? Did they come to you? Did you go to them? What was that process like? Because you said, you know, there was 500 revisions. Who did you go to, though, as far as pitching an idea? Well, the the here's here's a typical week when I was on the writing team. Okay. And things have changed tremendously since I was there, and some good and some bad. Um, I still actually have a couple friends that are still on the writing team, which means they've been on there for at least 10, 12 years, which in wrestling writing team terms, that's 100 years. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing you last that long. Uh, I mean, the most creative person, no matter how negative people are on the Internet about some of the stuff, the most creative person couldn't be good enough to keep a company good enough for 10 years that has a pay-per-view every three to four weeks. That storyline arcs have to begin and end in that amount of time, well, not to mention all the television that goes in between. It's amazing. Yeah, even um, uh, even television writing, that's you know typically not something where you're there for no. decades. And then compound it with pro wrestling where it's just more and more and constant. It's never stopped. No off-season, no summer break, that kind of thing. I can only imagine no. how that, that's a really long time they've been there. No, it's, it's horrible. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's... I love that it's not doesn't have an off season, but I also hate it. You know, it's yeah. like um, there's just no time to recharge for anybody, um, and especially now. I mean, I wish he'll never do it unless it financially has to be done. But I wish Vince would take a step back, kill SmackDown, just put it to bed, um, have pay per views every. I mean, I would love it to go back to quarterly, but it will never happen that way because mm-hmm. they just make too much money off pay per view buys. But just for the longevity of the sport, entertainment, like I just wish they'd do that. But a typical week would be if it's a pay-per-view, you fly in Saturday night, Sunday morning to the pay-per-view event. Um, I mean, I've been to so many towns in this in this country because of this, because of WWF. But uh, the problem was it was we would fly in Vince's jet, which was cool. It's a little like ten-seater jet that he has that I would always be able to fly out on. And uh, we would 
on the plane talk about what, what the show coming up, one more revision with Vince and Stephanie and the, all the writing team there. You get there, you have a pre-production meeting. You have a production meeting with the agents, who are, you know, of course, the agents for each particular segment or match. And then uh, you would have the show. After the show, you would have your post-production meeting. Uh, and then you would either fly on to the next town or go to your hotel and wait to fly in the morning. Uh, Raw would be the same exact thing. You go to the venue, pre-production, agent meeting, show, post-production. SmackDown would go somewhere. At the time, like the, the writing people, like the low man of the totem pole, which my friend and I were, uh, order breakfast for everybody. Make sure Stephanie's steak is correct or whatever. And then uh, then you would, again, SmackDown the same exact thing. Wednesday, we, you know, they would take the flight back on the jet Tuesday night, but I was never good enough to make the flight back because I'd always get bumped for somebody like Triple H or somebody at the time that the, the lower guys on the on the uh, riding team would have to fly back commercial on Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday, travel day back, and then uh, get back to the office maybe late Wednesday, go home, and then Thursday and Friday you work on the 13 segments of Raw. And basically I believe it was, for us it was Thursday afternoon we would start pitching the show to Vince, which doesn't happen anymore because that was cool because we, we would be in a room, and at the time the riding team was myself, Brian Gewertz, Ed Kosky and Michael Hayes would pit, would uh, pitch the show to Vince for Raw, and um, we would go through that whole process. Friday was SmackDown's term and uh, SmackDown time, and that was uh, my friend Seth Mates, and then the other people would be uh, David Lagana at the time, Bruce Pritchard, and uh, Paul Heyman, and that would be the team. For basically, they'd pitch the show to Vince on Friday. Again, we'd have a conference call Saturday from 8 a.m. to, like, some days it would go to, like, 1 or 2. And it was just, it was crazy hours for these things. You would have no time off, and uh, you just had no personal time. So I was joking, my buddies are still there that are, like, almost 40. I'm like, you know, I found out when I was gone from that company at 25 that wrestling, even if you're part, you can say I was the number one show on cable, all this stuff, it does not apply to anything else in the world. <laughs> so. Yeah. When they're out of a job at 40, 45, 50, when Vince thinks they're not good enough anymore for whatever particular reason, or Triple H at this point, uh, I just I feel bad for them because I really don't know what they're going to do because I think it's going to be a really hard transition going to like real life after that. Definitely, yeah. Because, you know, that pro wrestling bubble, you almost, like you said, the schedule just seems like you're, you're just constantly on, on a spoke on a wheel, you know, and you're just going, you know, repeatedly week after week. And one question I had for you because of that kind of schedule is what would inspire the writers? What would inspire you to keep fresh new storylines? I mean, did you guys have any time to watch TV and pull something from, you know, a cool television show? Or did you have time to read books, anything like that? What What was it that helped you guys come up with new storylines? Uh, you know, like, it was funny. Like, they always laugh. And I've read so much stuff about Vince Russo, got all his ideas from watching uh, – the Jerry Springer show or cops in the, in the lunchroom at the, at the tower. Uh, maybe some of that was possibly true, but I mean, most of us were big into pop culture. Um, I mean, I'm a huge like TV movie guy. So, uh, you know, you have all those ideas from past things you've seen that you can go through anyway. Uh, wrestling obviously has a, a lot of limitations on just people's acting ability versus what you can really end up really pulling off. Um, you know, most of it was just we were longtime fans, which, of course, I always think it's funny when they, as you've heard, I'm sure, that they, they always sort of say they don't want you to be a fan. 
when they hire people to the writing team, which uh, I can understand because at this point, like everything's been regurgitated and turned around so many times in wrestling history that maybe somebody with a fresh perspective in theory would be better. But, uh, you know, a lot of times they just don't. Uh, when you take somebody from a soap opera or a television show, for example, and bring them into the world of wrestling, it's just a bad mix. They never last. I mean, just because it's a, the weirdest thing to compare it to ever. It's like a circus. You're on the road constantly. You're, you know, like you said, it never, no off-season, no reruns, nothing. And most people can't handle that, including myself. I mean, I still talk to my parents now about those years I was there on the riding team. It was those are like the lost years. Like I, I was, yeah. in a, I was, I was in a haze. Like I, when I came home, I was constantly on the phone. I was, if I didn't answer the phone right away, I was in trouble. I was, I was in constant fear of losing my job. Which, you know, when, when again, when you're that age and you work so hard to get to that job, you don't want to ever get fired or quit or anything like that because it was just such an accomplishment in your head to be able to do that. But um, I just think it really had to do, uh, T Mac, with the fact that we were uh, big wrestling fans. You can regurgitate a lot of stuff from old wrestling storylines throughout the last 30 years, and um, and just using your basic knowledge of of TV and movie like past plots or whatever. And mm-hmm. after you get to know some of these wrestlers, um, you know you sort of work with them in terms of like. And I use that with Metro Pro later. It's like, what do you like to do? What what would you do? Because once you start doing that, you, you they invest themselves more into the storyline because they feel like they're a part of it and they will work harder because they're sort of pitching their idea and you're going with it. So, you know, uh, what you'll hear a lot, especially amongst, uh, you know, members of the, you know, quote-unquote IWC, is they'll complain about what seems to be the, the fly-by-night nature of the booking. They'll say, oh, they're booking by the seat of their pants, or it looks like there's not any, you know, foresight into this. And obviously, sure. with any writing, that's the goal. Try to plan it out as long as you can so you can put as oh, many yeah. twists and turns. But, I mean, I you know, as I said to somebody, I said, a lot of this is your fantasy booking. Yeah, right now it should be this guy versus that guy, but what we don't see that the writers probably do, and you can maybe attest to this, is you know maybe this guy's you know contract's coming up and they don't want to push him, or maybe sure. this guy and this guy don't get along, so we dare not put them in the ring. Is there how often was a monkey wrench thrown into the plans? Oh my goodness! I mean, more so than not. I mean, there's you know, and that's the maddening thing, and that's why the internet is wonderful and horrible. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoy. Being able, to, I enjoy feedback. I, I'm not the kind of guy. I never post on like message boards, or I'm not even like a Twitter guy, really. I just none of it is really because I. I think it's because I've lived this side of it, like where everything you do is completely scrutinized. Like I, mm-hmm. there were so many raws where we were like, where I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, we just put in a bunch of effort, and that was like the greatest moment we've had this year. Let me go look it out. Oh, everyone says it's the complete crap. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh man, this is so disheartening, but. Uh, you know, there was just more every week, man. Every month, every week, there was something thrown in there. Uh, politics, people not wanting to work with other people, uh, people getting injured. Uh, somehow, for some reason, unbeknownst to us, like Vince or somebody else high up, not liking them for some reason because mm-hmm. they did something stupid that we didn't know about. Um, you know, I mean, just crowd reactions. I mean, Vince is uh, awesome, and I loved Vince. I, I thought it was so cool to be able to work with him. But I will say, like, you know, my critique, one of my critiques would be, you know, there were some times where we would work, our goal was to work, like, six months out, you know. And, and we always thought, like, what's the next mania going to be, work backwards. Right. But I think reality would be more like two to six months you try to plan things out. But there was a particular time one time where I believe we're in El Paso and Eddie Guerrero at the time was a heel. And, of course, we had this whole thing planned with him for six months, 
and uh, he was in El Paso and got a huge baby face pop, obviously. Course, right. And I just remember at the post meeting, it was like, did you hear that pop? Did you hear that face reaction? This guy's got to turn face. And, you know, we're not going to be like, <laughs> you know, I, I think some of us were like, we really don't want to do that. But it ended up having to happen because that's Vince. That's what Vince said. said. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so that screws up everything like that. I, it's just. Man, there's just so many things that even the writers didn't understand some of it in terms of, like I said, there was just some politics. There were some particular wrestlers that weren't liked a lot, that pitched ideas all the time. And I and it's funny to see sort of them sort of say things on the Internet like, oh, they misused me. And I'm like, well, you were misused because uh, people didn't like you and it didn't matter yeah. what you said because they weren't going to do anything you really wanted. Yeah. Um, you know, or just, you know, Triple H, you know, can't take anything away from the guy in, in the history of wrestling. He's obviously one of the biggest stars ever, but he was dating Stephanie at the time, mm-hmm. and he just had a lot of input, you know. And yeah. there was uh, it's funny to see uh, Bully Ray have such a singles push now because if you recall, back in o two, o three, they had broken up the Dudley Boys, and they were trying to push Bubba as like a main eventer type guy. Right. And they were trying to push uh, Devon was like Deacon Devon with Batista and all that, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it was like. Bubba Ray hurt Triple H on a Raw. Uh, I believe he like put him through a table, but he did it wrong. I, 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 I'm trying to remember the exact situation, but he made Triple H mad, and that just like killed every. You know, like there wasn't anything said to us like to Triple H like don't do it, but obviously something was mm-hmm. said, and like Vince had like a really sour taste about him being a singles guy at that point, and obviously they went on to a bunch of stuff there, but. Um, you know, there's so much of that went on, man, that people will never understand or realize. It's really easy to, and I do the same thing with a lot of things, TVs, movies, whatever. Mm-hmm. I wish, why aren't they doing this? It would make so much logical sense. Well, it probably would, but that's just not yeah. how life is. It's, it's just not how politics, the everything crumbled. plays something into it. Yeah. So let's transition then. So now, now you're the guy. You own your own promotion. You're the you're the Vince, if you will, and you've got this. Uh, what you know, what they would call an independent. Uh, now, they would call the independents, you know, as you know, from back in the day with the National Wrestling Alliance, if you weren't affiliated, you were an independent. That's all kind of changed now to just mean not WWE or TNA, basically. But uh, what we caught in the news was uh, this news of the United Wrestling Network. So we want to kind of ask you, uh, you know, the news didn't really explain fully exactly what's going on. They kind of briefly described. Can you give us more of a background of, uh, you know, how did somebody reach out to you or did you get wind of something and get get tuned in here and, and how does this united wrestling network how's this going to work uh you know i mean there's still a lot to be worked on on that um you know like we were part of the nwa when right. i first started and again like i said there's so much i've learned through the years about independent wrestling and just dealing with everything um at the time i think my first reaction was the nwa is a joke like why are they still actually a thing, a <laughs> right. body of some sort <laughs> But I, I started to see sort of – there were some positives at the time. Dave Marquez, who, of course, has championship wrestling from Hollywood, he was a big proponent of trying to get guys to work together and book guys and just sort of have some more of a brotherhood more than anything among some of the indie guys that cared a lot. And um, so I sort of saw some of that. I mean, there's some things like running an independent promotion that people don't understand, like you have to have, like, and you have to have insurance, you have to have – uh, the building covered and some of the uh, some of the fans covered and all this stuff and there were some there were some perks to being involved in the NWA because you could get cut rates on some of that stuff and it would help uh, it would help us a lot but you know after that 
I don't know if you kept up on how the NWA fell apart and how mm. Marquez got out of control, but long story short, NWA fell in the hands of a guy named Bruce Tharp, who was, I believe, the son of the former ring announcer of uh, the Florida wrestling guy, like back in the Dusty Road, mm-hmm. okay. Eddie Graham okay. days. So Bruce Tharp now controls it, and the NWA is a joke. And I and I get this letter telling me like, hey, if you want to re up for the NWA, you have to pay us hundreds of dollars and do it by this date. And so I wrote back and I'm like, well, what's what's basically in it for me? Is there insurance involved? No, there's no insurance. Okay, so why exactly am I paying you? Uh, because they had this whole list of things we had to do, including like, oh, your refs have to wear our patch, and you have to book our champion like X amount of times a year, and uh, all this stuff. And I was like, why is this? You know, so what do I get? Well, you get the usage of our logo and the NWA name. So it's just a franchising, basically. And uh, Okay, well, franchising would make sense if what they were giving me was worth something. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly, right. But, yeah. but it's, it's their not attempt anymore. At it. Yeah. It wasn't... You know, Adam Pierce became a really good friend of mine, and I love Adam Pierce. I think it's a travesty the dude hasn't been in WWE or TNA for a long time. I, the guy is so great at promos. I mean, I, I've worked with a plenty of people in the history of wrestling on promos, and Adam Pierce can give you a five-minute promo on anything at the drop of a hat, and it's, like, believable and great. I mean, it's just amazing. And uh, so I got to go get along with him. Uh, Colts I got to meet along the way, so I really like those two guys. And when the NWA fell apart and they sort of treated them like trash, I was like, this is even more of a joke than it was. So then Dave Marquez and I have been talking for a long time. We've been acquaintances in wrestling. And, I, you know, I always thought the NWA sort of missed out that you had all these big guys, well, when I say big, I mean in the indie world, mm-hmm. sure, yeah. that would uh, that would have TV like Metro Pro did championship wrestling from hollywood sheldon goldberg has one up in boston i mean there, there's several big ones and and the the, the new nwa pissed them all off mm-hmm. so all these guys left and i'm like there was just so much they could have done with the nwa you could have had like you could have made a deal where in your program every week for five minutes you have like around the nwa or whatever what happened to metro pro this week oh jeremy Wyatt be blank you know whatever and so i get to you get to know a little bit more about all the quote-unquote territories now but they didn't ever do that, and they just they, they they lost out. So Dave Marquez wanted to start a new um, United Wrestling Network to sort of get together the guys that have TV shows around the country on legitimate stations and uh, work on advertising deals to where we could sort of have a nas- some national advertising to you know spots on our shows to where we could actually pay for for uh, you know to have to, for our we would get money to advertise during our shows. It doesn't necessarily mean that Metro Pro has to come back and have live events right away, mm-hmm. but since we still have a time slot here in Kansas City on a couple of channels, uh, it's it's something that um, I, I wanted to be a part of because I because I like all the guys involved. Well, with your Metro Pro uh, company, what's some of the the benefits and the struggles as far as being the guy now? Now that like kind of we're quoting you as being the Vince of you know uh, of sure. your company, what's what's the benefits and then what's the 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 downfall of being the number one guy in your company? Um, you know the benefits are uh, I, I again I'm a big TV guy so. The, the easiest thing in the world to do is to become a quote-unquote wrestling promoter and have a wrestling uh, show. Uh, you know, no, nothing else in the world will be easier to do to get on, like, television. Um, I could do a music show or anything. Nothing would be as easy to get on either a math TV, like Dave Marquez is on right now, or a Metro, Metro Sports-type local cable channel. 
So, you know, it, it's cool to be, the creative part of it is by far my favorite. Knowing to, getting to know all the boys and girls and, and getting to know, like, their strengths and weaknesses and what they're good at, what they're not good at, just developing their characters and seeing these guys who have been on the independence for so long, they had no TV time or no chance to ever do anything like this. It was That was the best part by far. The worst part is the, there's just a ton of, there's a ton of hit. If you do everything properly above the table and above board, uh, there's a ton of fees you have to pay. There's a ton of taxes. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to make our show stand out in your typical indie, so I had to pay for lighting, which is expensive that most people would never do. Um, I wasn't really in it to make money. I just wanted to, to not lose money, and, and we did that successfully. But it was, you know, there's it just, just the, I'm married to a lawyer, so the personal I liability I had every show was always scary. Right. Uh, you know, it's scary to think, it's one thing if Vince has a billion dollars and Shawn Michaels does a shooting star press and, you know, he's a quadriplegic, he can pay for his life, basically. Right. I'm always like, man, I, I really don't want that to happen, A, because I'd feel horrible, and B, like, you know, they'd have no choice but to, like, sue me to death. And I, mm. I did as much as I could to protect myself as being an LLC and all that, but... You know, there's there's just there's a lot that goes into it, and a lot of time that goes into actually doing a show and a and a television show on top of just the wrestling show itself that that uh, people don't understand. Well, I could only imagine the uh, the liability scares yeah. with that. That's got to be insane. But yeah, and it gets worse every day. You know, it's just how the world's going. Yeah, it is. But hey, listen, we're running out of time on this segment. But if we can, we'd like to bring you back for our next segment real quick. It's a uh, it's ca- uh, we're on the Spanish announce table. It's called Cinco Preguntas, which is the same five questions we ask. Every single guest. They're kind of okay, a man. quick and easy thing. So we'll take this one out to break here. We've been speaking with Chris Goff, owner of Metro Pro Wrestling, and we're going to come back and ask him the Cinco Preguntas. This is one of our favorite parts here. This is going to be great. So stick with us through the break. We'll be right back on the Spanish Announce Table on the Trending Topics Network. Wrestling fans, are you scouring the internet looking for places to buy your favorite wrestling-related merchandise? Well, look no further, because you can find all the wrestling merchandise you could ever need at ShoppersHideout.com. That's S-H-O-P-P-E-R-S-H-I-D-E-O-U-T.com. ShoppersHideout.com. At ShoppersHideout.com, you can find WWE and TNA replica belts, replica masks, life-size cardboard stand-ups of your favorite superstars and or wrestlers, t-shirts, pants, action figures, buttons, pendants, bracelets, and so much more from superstars like CM Punk, Randy Orton, Triple H, The Undertaker, Chris Jericho, Edge, John Cena, Rey Mysterio, and many, many more. So what are you waiting for? Don't walk around town wearing an Ed Hardy t-shirt. Log on to ShoppersHideout.com and buy yourself a Jeff Hardy t-shirt. And while you're there, get a replica of the WWE Raw Spinning Championship belt and wear that too. And then I can promise you that everyone you meet will be talking about you. And it's all because you shopped at ShoppersHideout.com, your source for everything wrestling. ShoppersHideout.com. Big show. Big show. Pretty prominent in last night's wrong. Yeah. Chris, before we get into a big show, what was your comments on him? That's not part of our Cinco Preguntas, but I just wanted to, since we're playing his music. Good dude. Really liked him. I thought he was always, like, really, um, he was very easy to work with, had a really great sense of humor. Always wanted to do more with his personality and sense of humor than his storylines, but 
you know, and, and they did do some of that. But unfortunately, he's just such a big dude. Like, you just have to keep going back to the well with him. Right. Uh, he's, he's one of those guys that, like, obviously he can just kill anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Nobody's ever going to beat him. And I always hear that from people like, well, if it was real, you know, they should have him kill everybody. Well, you can't do that for 20 straight years. Yeah. You know? so, <laughs> that's why, yeah, that's but, why we watch it, something that's not real. Because right. yeah. Exactly. Be I mean, yeah. It, he was, but he had a great sense of humor, and it's funny to see him continuing to do like knuckleheads or whatever when he's trying to, you know, he loves the comedy yeah. bit. So I think he'd be a, try to be a stand-up guy if he went to wrestling. I've got that in my Netflix queue. I haven't watched it yet. It's, it's pretty yeah, good. I've heard, yeah, I've heard bad things. I've uh, had, you know, I've heard it was for WWE's, you know, course. being a well, film. Yeah, yeah. If, if that's the level you're dropping it to, if it's good for WWE standards, yeah, maybe it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> the call wasn't bad. I don't know if you caught that. The one with the. Uh, did that have uh, a wrestler? Was it, well, it had a. I, nobody, I'm, no, I'm no talking, wrestler was prominent. Right. See, I'm um, talking about movies that are prominent yeah, no. with wrestlers. Otunga was in that okay. in the call as like a side cop. Okay. He was like cop two okay. or something. Okay. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen that one. Yeah. It, but it was a decent movie, and, and I think that's more the route they need to go. Yeah, using you know, Holly Berry you know, like, and stuff like that. Use, like, stop trying to thrust your guys in there unless you got your once in a while you got a rock or something okay sure. run with it but whatever sure. hey, let's get into like we mentioned to you earlier we have the same five questions we asked our guests we're on the spanish announce table so naturally we like to call it Cinco preguntas. all right chris goff you ready yes i'm ready all right first question favorite wrestler of all time Shawn michaels loved him uh i always thought he was thought he was the greatest wrestler of all time um, in ring, definitely not the greatest of cutting promos, but um, my favorite match. Maybe that's quite. Do you ask, do you ask me what my favorite matches? That's yeah, we'll next. Yeah, that. favorite. Yeah, we'll match. Oh, okay, I won't give it away. <laughs> I won't give it away. Boy, my the... favorite match was with him, and uh, he was just always my favorite. And the fact that he had the link with Kansas City, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I did a documentary back in the day called uh, KC on the Mat, and it was really great to talk about how Shawn Michaels was. Uh, from Kansas City. Or he's just made some of his young development in Kansas City. Well, and I didn't know that. And when I was watching his DVD on Netflix, I saw that and I was like, oh, you know, that's when my. Yeah, I was like folding met. clothes while I was doing it. And that's when my ears perked up. I was like, oh. Met Marty Genetti here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, his promo last night was pretty decent with Daniel Bryan in the ring when he got up yeah. and him a little a little puke and everything. Yeah. I was kind of like, whoa, there's Shawn Michaels. Yeah. I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, he has that connection there, definitely. And before we go back into the questions, your your DVD, is that still available? Can we still buy that online somewhere? You know, I, that's, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> we just changed our name from Metro Sports to Time Warner Cable Sports Channel. And I don't know if they sell DVDs anymore under this new like sort of leadership thing that we have. But gotcha. it was for sale. It's called Casey on the Mat, and it's about the Central States area. It was really fun to put together. I, actually, the reason I put it together for the most part was because they were all all the guys were getting up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob Geigels, the Roger Kirby's, the Harley Races, and I just wanted to interview them and get them on tape before they passed away, really. Yeah, because I saw there's a clip on YouTube that I saw where you're interviewing uh, Harley Race, and he's talking about, you know, the, the mystique of Memorial Hall and wrestling there, and you got some fans and their reactions about being back there in the, you know, early 80s, late 70s, you know, with the Harley races, stuff like that, so. Yeah, no, it was, it was really fun to put together while those guys could still could still do it. Right. All right, next question. You are, uh, well, you kind of hinted at it, but your favorite match of all time. Favorite match, I was, I had just begun my time as, uh, I had just found out I was going to go up to Stanford, Connecticut to be a WWF employee, uh, so they had given me front row seats right behind JR and King for uh, Bad Blood, which was Hell in the Cell, the very first one. Yes. And at the time, I mean, of course, Mick Foley just crapped all over it by jumping off. Right. But uh, 
at the time, the Shawn Michaels falling off the cage and bleeding like right by my feet and just being a part of that first on the cell with him and Taker was the uh, greatest live thing I've ever seen. That's one we don't get yeah, usually often. That, yeah, that's a good we, one. we typically always has Shawn Michaels in it. Yeah, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker from WrestleMania, oh. the first one we got a lot. And yeah, we've yeah, got yeah. The, that's uh... too recent. You gotta have a little. <laughs> yeah. You gotta have a little older. Yeah. yeah, it was an amazing. Well, match, I think though, uh, yeah. I think <laughs> Justin Justin said uh, Ric Flair uh, Steamboat in yes. Chicago. Yeah, that's he, right. Yeah. Justin's a huge NWA mark. So that's <laughs> he, he will always take Ric Flair versus Blank. I have friends like that. It's it's always funny to. See who grew up with NWA well, versus yeah. WWF because everybody's like Rick Flair, Rick Flair. Yeah. Right. That's all I got. Absolutely. So, uh, who's your biggest influence in this business? Who who helped you along the most, or whatever, whatever you want to consider your biggest influence? Somebody uh, trying to mimic or anything like that. You know, like as far as uh, I mean, as far as the wrestling business, I guess I'd have to say Shane. Um, it, which is unfortunate. There's a whole story behind like why I wasn't at WWE in a, anymore, and and how that all developed. And like Shane, because of everything that went down, I sort of lost touch with Shane. And uh, he was like a he was a great guy. And um, I'm always I'm always hoping one day I can wear a pass and cross again because he was uh, really good. He's only you know he's probably only like six eight years older than me, but he was uh, just a great dude, just a really positive and very very uh, helpful, and uh, he's, he's probably my biggest in wrestling. I've said to T-Mac, even on the show, that I'm a huge Shane McMahon mark. I said if he would come back on my TV, especially the given storyline, I would just mark out, like literally mark out like I'm yeah, a six-year-old yeah, again. He's just, uh, he's a he's a mark for uh, doing the, the big spots yes. and everything, and I think he feels the need to do that because he doesn't want to disrespect wrestlers by not doing something that uh, mm-hmm. was death defying because I, did, I I think he feels like he's sort of impeding on their space when he gets involved in in, in pay per views. Yeah. And he, so because of that, he always wants to do something like off the charts. Yeah, falling off the Titan Tron, or you know, he did some amazing I, things. I, I love the you remember music. At, you remember at King of the Ring? I, I believe it's King of the Ring, right? Where Shane was thrown into the glass by Kurt and it wouldn't break. Yeah. Right. Well, it was funny because after that, like they, the breakable one was like three over or something <laughs> and they just kept throwing him into that thinking it was going to eventually break and it never did and like shane was knocked silly on that and he thought he had a concussion and all that and he probably did but it was it, he's just crazy like he he will just break his neck to for the fans like he you know as, as you've seen several times he does crazy he's done the van terminator he mm-hmm. jumped off ladders that are like 30 feet in the sky or 50 feet whatever it was uh, he was he would do it all just for the fans, and I always think he did it just to sort of impress the, the boys because he didn't want to let them down. All right, so our next question, and this is a little bit weird, but your favorite term in pro wrestling? You know, you you got your baby faces, your heels, things like that. Yeah. What was your favorite term? Uh, let's see. You know, it's funny. Uh, when you're in the business, you use those terms all the time, and. Um, I was friends with, after I left, I was friends with only maybe a half dozen people that still were uh, from that era in my life, and they all used, we, I, I always loved it because I could use wrestling terms and not have to explain myself every time. Um, you know, like, I probably use kayfabe a lot when I'm just screwing with people, screwing around, just mm-hmm. saying, like, you know, like when somebody's like, hey, what are you going to do this week on Metro Pro? Kayfabe, you know, like, um, <laughs> or... I mean, there's just, God, there's so many that I use still. Uh, rib, work, it's a work, it's a rib. Like, I have to explain it to my wife every time and my friends, you know, what that means. Um, 
but oh, I, you know, when I say that, I always use pop. You know, like when I when they come out, and no one understands what that means either. So, you know, it's especially in the sports world that I'm in now. So, um, I'd probably say kayfabe. All right. Nice. Yeah. 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 I uh, I, I can only imagine us. I me not even having been really in the wrestling business, just a fan of it lifelong. I'll throw terms out there that you know you've learned mm. over the years from whatever, and people look at me like I'm crazy. Yeah, I could only imagine someone like you coming out of <laughs> out of it for so long. Oh and yeah. Using things well, like another, another one I use is Mark. I use that all the time. Mm-hmm. Mark, Mizark, whatever we we <laughs> use that in everyday talk too. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, when you try to when you start just having a conversation with somebody that doesn't care about wrestling at all, and you say half those terms, they'll just look well, at well, you like, like might as well be Chinese. Well, yeah, I'll say, I'll even say something went over, and I feel like that's a pretty standard. Like yeah. that should transfer out, and people will be like. What over what? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, over what? Oh, what do yeah, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right. This is the final question. This is by far the most important question, and I think you're going to give us one of the best answers on this, given your former, you know, choice of employment here. Sure. We're in a. It's more of a thought experiment for you. All right. Mm-hmm. We're in a creative meeting. Right. We're going to book you in a feud. This feud's <laughs> going to take you to the top. Right. You're going to be over. Right. Sure. Your your next big feud with T Mac. What's the storyline? Feud <laughs> <laughs> with T Mac. Yeah. Um. Well, obviously with their past, like with T Mac, there would have to be some kind of like MMA versus wrestling kind of storyline yeah, thing. Okay. Like we're the real tough guys. You're you just think you're tough and vice versa. We all know MMA's a work. Blah blah blah. You know. And then it would eventually have to end up in a, a kind of tournament like Brawl for All style where, you know, I eventually go over on T-Mac. Yeah. I like uh, that. I, I would uh, pay to see that. <laughs> would, it, would it get us to WrestleMania? Um, I, I think. Or are know, we not I, you know, there yet? Brawl for All, you know, it's a lot of broken bones there. I, mm-hmm. I don't uh, – by the way, have, let me ask you guys a question. Have you guys read Bob Holly's book? No. Huh? No. Is it? Well, it's a very underrated book. Okay. It's really good. Yeah. And Brawl for, talking about Brawl for All makes me think of that book because he talks about that and, and a lot of detail of stuff I did not know about at the time. I was just with .com, so I didn't really know all the, the scuttlebutt at the time. But just how much people were getting paid, how much Dr. Destiny Williams was uh, making. Uh, he was already getting paid as the eventual winner, even though he got knocked out. Right. So uh, it was really good stuff, but you should check out his book. And um, was, was that the brainchild of JBL, too? Uh, no, it was uh, that was a conglomerate thing again. But okay. it was the Russo McMahon. They they all thought of that because um, it was the MMA world, right. and to, and they they wanted to get and Jr. was into it too because they wanted to get Doctor Death over big time. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it could, it, I think it could is to mania. I think so. I mean, I, like I could it. go the radio versus TV route, but there you go. I like that way but, too. Okay, yeah, either one would work one too, probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, this has been amazing. Do you have anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Anything you want to direct people towards or anything that you're... You know, I not really. Uh, wrestling-wise, <laughs> it's just Metro Pro Wrestling. Uh, it's MetroWrestling.com's our website. Um, our Facebook, we're Metro Pro Wrestling on Facebook. And if you're on our YouTube channel, we have... I've put up probably, I don't know, somewhere between 75 to 100 of our full shows up there. So Yeah, I subscribe um, to it. and I, I, I've been watching it a lot, and you've been putting the full episodes out, which is always sure. great because, you know, you're getting free TV, basically. So, yeah, it's, it's a yeah, great channel start, to subscribe to. I started doing that a while ago, and, um, it's just, yeah, it's like, I did that mainly because a lot of the wrestlers I use. Um, one thing that I think Metro Pro was different on was I have no agenda. I don't have a school I don't have a lot of friends that I knew in the area before I started this. So it was basically, 
I would just I just wanted the best. So I started taking the best from Kansas City, and I would bring in the best from Iowa, the best from St. Louis, the best from Kansas and Oklahoma or wherever. And, uh, I mean, we had Pete Madden was coming all the way from Wisconsin. I mean, we had mm. crazy – Derek Stone drives in from South Dakota. He's up by Mount Rushmore. So it was crazy wow. some of the distances. These guys, are, they're losing money, obviously. <laughs> I'm not paying – they're not even getting enough for gas. So, oh. But they just enjoyed being a part of it so much. And it was and because of that, it was really easy to book the best guys. And um, I, I think that's why – because of them not living around here, I had to put their full shows online so they could see it because they're not going to have opportunity to mm. see Metro Sports at the time. So um, it's it's been fun, and all those guys and girls that are involved in it have all been so great, gracious, and um, they've they've really turned into being like uh, my second family of friends. So they've been great. Well, that's great, man. Hey, we really appreciate you coming on here. We're gonna we'll definitely have to get you on again. I mean, it feels like we just scratched the surface. So <laughs> love to have you on again soon. Yeah, you'll have to we'll have to go over what it's like to uh, run an independent promotion because yes. that's a whole story in and of itself. Definitely. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, we'll we'll set that up. For some time hey down the road. Well, thanks, thanks for coming on, on man. Thanks, yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, that was Chris Goff, owner of Metro Pro Wrestling. God, another awesome interview. Yeah, you know, we're hitting home runs with these interviews. I mean, it's not really us, but... No, it's us. <laughs> but, man, they're giving us some great yeah. information. It, it, the, the chemistry works so there great you go. There amongst you go. all parties yes. is what it is. But stick with us. We're going to get into the email inbox when we come back. Yes, can't wait for that. My favorite part of the show. Yeah, on the Spanish Announce Table Trending Topics Network, trendingtopicsnetwork.com. What's up? It is Heavy Set, and I'm here to tell you about Kayfabe Sports Radio, the home of the Ohio Indie Report and NFL Easy Picks. On the Ohio Indie Report... I break down what's going on in the Cleveland scene of independent wrestling from AIW to Prime Wrestling and some of the little organizations in between that I can attend. And if you also like NFL football, be sure to check out NFL Easy Picks hosted by myself and my good friend Joe Bennett as we break down and talk about what is going on in football and we make our picks on the coming week's games. And all this can be found at www.kfabesports.com. You can also find us on iTunes by searching Kfabe Sports Radio. And while you're at kfabesports.com, be sure to check out the links for Kfabe Sports Radio, Ohio Indie Report, and NFL Easy Picks on Facebook and Twitter. So for now, be sure to check out the Ohio Indie Report and NFL Easy Picks on Kfabe Sports Radio, where it's all a work. Ah, you know why I played this? Why? Because we're perfect. We are perfect. We are perfect. And that interview with Chris Goff was perfect. Damn near, if it wasn't. Yeah, it, it was, was great. It was interview. a very good guy. Shane McMahon. That's what I learned about. A lot about. of Shane McMahon stuff. You in know, there. I mean, you get to hear about Stephanie and Shane, but to be honest, Trips. 100%. Stephanie Trips, right? Right. Yeah. But, like, I never really knew what Shane did. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, That's true. You got a little more info on the back of the house yeah, stuff with Shane McMahon. Back, you know, it was a few years ago, but still, like what he did, how positive he was, that was great to hear. I still got to think if we've got some younger listeners, they don't really know about Shane McMahon. Yeah. They might have heard of his name and been like, yeah, I heard of that guy before. Right. Yeah. Shane McMahon? Mm-hmm. Big deal. Yeah, it was a great interview. Chris Goff. Uh, you know what else was a big deal? nice to share his time with us. Yes. Another big deal was a lot of news sites, and we kind of touched on this last week. 
A lot of wrestling news sites posted our Dolph Ziggler interview. Thank you so much, too. To those people that posted our interview, we thank you so much because it got a lot of new ears yeah. to our We were over show. 300 downloads when normally we were hovering around the 100 mark. Right. So, so that helped a so lot. Much. And since the last episode was uh, near 200, if not over 200, I haven't checked. So we definitely picked up some listeners and from that. And thank you so again. Hopefully you like what we're doing. I know. AllWrestling.com picked it up. Yes. Um, a couple other ones. This guy specifically... Here of WrestlingInc.com. Yes, thank um, you. So check them out because they're great. It, they claim to be the largest independently owned wrestling website in the world. Well, good. WrestlingInc.com. They do good stuff. I have, yeah. you know, once they picked us up, I'll be honest, I didn't check them out, but once I did see that our story was on there, uh, I started visiting them a, a little yeah. bit more, and I like them. They post good yeah. uh, articles and uh, got some good content, good layout of their site too. Yeah. I like that. Wrestling Inc. So WrestlingInc.com, uh, Facebook.com/slash/WrestlingInc, mm-hmm. Twitter Wrestling Inc. Go check them out. And once again, guys, if you're listening over there at Wrestling Inc., thanks so much for thank you posting Seriously, that on there. That really means a lot to us. It helps us out a lot. But we got some. Emails. Yes, we got our contributors. Cataclysmic and Mop Jockey. What? Steady. What? We got an email. What, they did one together? Nope. Who who screwed us? We got a no-show. We got a no-show? From the Mop Jockey. Mop. Mop Jockey. No email. Mop Jockey. Right when we were going to add you to the Legion of Doom of being the contributors to the Road Warriors. Oh, Mop Jockey. You failed. But Cataclysmic, thank you. Mop I Jockey. I wonder, we've had a couple episodes where we were on Wednesday. We were running late. No. I wonder if, yeah, not the last one, though, and he sent right. us an email. Yeah, come yeah. on. Mop Jockey, man. Mop. What are you doing, what Mop? What are you doing? Mop. You can't have anything else more important in your life than our podcast. I mean, come on. True. Come on. True. Preach. So we got an email. And to all the other listeners, please send us an email. You know what? For our first-time listeners, we're not even asking a dollar. (laughs) For our first-time listeners. We're not? No. You know what? We're giving them a freebie. This first time, just send us one. You send us multiple, send us a dollar. You send us enough. We'll consider you for a contributor as cataclysmic, not Mob Jockey. Mob Jockey, you have dropped the ball, sir. (laughs) You're going to get the Dolph Ziggler treatment now. We're burying you on the kickoff show. Yeah, you're getting a (laughs) kickoff show, and you got to pitch WWE merchandise. Mob Jockey, please come back. Yeah, please. We like you a lot. So cataclysmic. I think you're great. The the guy who felt like contributing this week. Thank you again. Says, hey, yo. Uh, Yo. Hey, yo. He says, you want questions? I got a question. I want one. He actually has two. Yes. Did I just put up with the Brian slash authority storyline dot, 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 dot for nothing? It looks like it's going to be Big Show feuding with Orton while Brian and Punk feud with the Wyatts. This whole dumb storyline was about Brian trying to fight them and reclaim the WWE championship. But now, what the hell was the point if Brian doesn't win the title at the end? I think it's last-minute writing because I seriously think Brian is hurt. Remember, he was doing the... I I would hope that's what happened here. Because people might forget, you know, he was doing all those gauntlet matches night in, night out. He was doing Raw and SmackDown while Cena was gone. He was doing two to three matches a night. Eventually, your body's got to break down in, what, he's 5'8", 195 pounds, 210 at the most. I mean, that body can't handle all of that every night. Eventually, you need 
some rest. I think he's either hurt or they're a little irritated with, eh, like like we said last week, it looked cartoonish that he was running around just chanting yes. So maybe retool it. You know, he did the thing to Shawn Michaels. Yeah. You know? Yeah, maybe we'll get a little thing with edge. them. Maybe. maybe you get some edge to yeah. it. Not, not the wrestler edge, right. but like a little edge to his character. Every so, time you say them, like, edge is going to come back. Right, yeah. I hope so. <laughs> but no, I think maybe we get either uh, some some uh, feistiness, some edge to his character, or he's hurt and then we got to retool. Yeah, I kind of agree with all that. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know. We'll just move on to his next question. He says, also, was I the only person that hinted the beginning of the Shield's eventual breakup? I think maybe he. Asking if he's the only person that saw them hinting at the... He says, am I the only person that hinted at the beginning of the... Anyway, when Ambrose said he was the only champ left in the Shield and he was the baddest person in the company, both Reigns and Rollins were glaring holes at him. Let me know what you guys think. Thanks again for the audio whoop-ass. Kata! Out. Out. Uh, Yeah, I I think it's, you know, again, my storyline writing, because I think I'm the best... I still say the ultimate uh, end story for the Shield is a feud with the Wyatts. Yeah. Three on three. That's the ultimate end game, I feel. Now, you could still do that because what you can do is you can have them break up, start their own individual characters, have the Wyatts beat up each one individually, they reform, Ah. and there you go. I kind of think... Seth Rollins would be a good fit for the Wyatt family. Maybe he gets involved. The other two guys, as they're having their own character, their own separate characters, just as a mutual, fine, no no hatred between each other breakup. Mm -hmm. But they see Rollins getting sucked into this. Ambrose and Reigns coming like, what are you doing, man? Why are you doing all this? Help him out. He makes the switch back. Now the Shield of Face team right. against the Evil Wyatts. See, three on three. I think uh-huh. that's the ultimate end game uh, for the Shield. Although I am interested in now seeing their individual characters. I yeah. want to see do what think, Dean Ambrose dude, does. Ambrose is amazing. Ambrose is one of my favorites. I, I think he's got more charisma in his pinky finger than half the roster combined. But I think he's amazing what's his character? on the mic. Yeah, exactly. You well, know? he's got that attitude already. He's got the. The personality already. If he's a main eventer, I think it's amazing. Now, I told you this when we started this show, what I wanted him to be. I wanted him to be a low to mid-card guy, and I wanted him to be like a white trash piece of crap version of the godfather with like with meth. ambrose yes because he's sleazy <laughs> looking no no, no like he is sleazy looking no, he's sleazy looking so he comes out in like this beat up car and he's got like meth hookers following him out yeah, he does <laughs> seem like not even that just like he kind of seems like you know everybody in a group has that one friend that you know if you really need somebody to help you steal a car you'd call right. you'd call Dean. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like and so you can play that kind of yeah. yeah, and if you're hanging out with them, you put your wallet in your front pocket. So when you need some dirt, <laughs> yeah. You got Dean there. I yeah. think that could be a good I thought yeah. that would be funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't think that'll happen, but as a main eventer, With, like, though. like, trash bag hose, just, right. like, missing teeth. Right. <laughs> and he's got, like, missing, like, a, like he's got, like, a, uh, you know, a missing hubcaps and some, like, rust on his car, and he's, like, driving it out. I think that'd be funny. Yeah, that'd be good. And then I think Seth Rollins will go into what he was at NXT, kind of like that uh, rocker, yeah. headbanger kind of guy. Roman Reigns will be the muscle, of course. He'll be, like, the Big E 
type of Samoan murderer guy, you know. And drift off into obscurity. Well, you know what you could do with Roman Reigns and steal, since, you know, wrestling steals from each other, uh, you could steal that Samoa Joe Nation of Violence yeah. Samoan thing. Uh, you're not going to get that in the current landscape with the Be a Star. I know, and, uh, but you could you could have him go after the Usos. Roman's going to kill you. Right, but you go after the Usos as like the, the evil Samoan, the yeah. nation of violence thing. That would be cool. I think that'd be interesting. No, he's going to be. But yeah, he'll be. Uh, no, he's going to be the Usos long lost third cousin or right, something. Which he probably is. That's but. what, and when Dan the Cannon interviewed Samoa Joe, he, they talked about anything about going over WWE, and he says, well, we have a long-standing joke here that they would just ruin it and make you the Usos' cousin upon your entry. And he got a good laugh out of that, and he yeah. kind of sidestepped the question. Right. But, yeah, man, cataclysmic banks, man. I think uh, I think they are going to break up soon. I think they do maybe Survivor Series, and that's where they break up. I think tension. Yeah, you're somewhat, running the risk of yeah. staleness. Yeah, so I think kinda, someone. They did kind of get stale for a while, and they kind of brought them back, but I don't know if you could do it again. Right. So. Well, Cataclysmic, thanks for the emails, man. I gotta get out. I gotta get up in four hours, and I still gotta save all this stuff and get home and go to bed, scratch my balls, all that kind of jazz. <laughs> so you know, listen to jazz while you scratch good, your balls. Good, good American stuff. Right, scratch your balls and listen and, uh, to jazz. Put, put together, and listen to jazz, put together your podcast. That's it for this week. Email us tableshow at gmail dot com. Check us out on Twitter at Table Show. I'm at the Awesome Voice. You're at Titan T Mac. Nobody cares. No, you're at Titan T Mac. And Fight Show 1025. That's Fight my show. show. Yeah, yeah. Check out uh, check out the Trending Topics Network. All the shows that are on there. Send us an email for the next show, please. If you feel like it, send us a dollar. That'd be great. I'm but send us an email at least. I'm and thank you guys are all for listening. Share it with a friend. If anybody wants to advertise. Hit us up. Yes. We got these commercial breaks. I need to fill some of them. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play these 1025 commercials. Yeah. Somebody hit suck. me up. Spanish announce table. We'll be back next week for number 15 on the Trending Topics Network. TrendingTopicsNetwork.com. Trending Topics Network.